back. You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me as always, Happy New Year. It's Kevin Derso. How are you, buddy? I'm well. Happy New Year to you as well, all the listeners. It's a, you know, we're into this, we're into the 2024 side of things. And yes, and there's still a relevance about this current season on the ice as much as there is off, obviously. Like off the ice was going to be the big thing with this team, right? Yes, but, the the twenty twenty three the twenty three twenty four schedule has turned the page, and we're going to dive into kind of the recent little stretch here. We're in the twenty four stretch. Before we dive into it, follow us on the social medias, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're at YWT Podcast pretty much everywhere we can be. So, okay, um, yes, you, you were getting right into it, and I just <laughs> we got to make sure to get that in there first. But uh, yeah, getting sure. right into it. Um, there is still a relevancy about this team. We have a little bit of that New Year's optimism going on right now. Um, things were looking a little sour a couple of days ago. Things were starting to get a little sketchy. But as we sit here recording on Sunday evening, it looks like the team has kind of righted the ship a little bit. You know, a good game against Calgary on Saturday kind of capped things off here as far as, you know, the block of games between shows here. And they looked better. And... We saw a little bit of improvement against Columbus on Thursday night. We'll talk about that game a little bit. Um, you know, they kind of pulled themselves out of the rut a little bit with a win mm-hmm. on Saturday. Uh, Kevin, as we sit here now, Flyers playoff team. <laughs> it's still too close to call. Obviously, <laughs> okay. okay I mean, it it it's go and it's going to be for a while. Like, just pull up the standings and 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 and, yeah. and 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 you don't need to look at league standings or wild card or anything like don't even look at the look beyond just look at the division straight up just look at the division and from third place to seventh place is a four point gap that's it and you've got two tied at 46 two tied at 44 another at 42 that is somewhat lurking in the background and like it's not like it's that far ahead to where second place is either. I mean, it's three more points from where the Flyers and the Islanders sit, and then Carolina's up in second place. Sure. But, like, you know, Carolina's found their footing a lot lately. You know, they kind of oh, look, they're, they're look, starting they've to look looked more I, like the team that we thought they were going to be. I don't necessarily expect the gap between second and third place to get smaller anytime soon. I, I Carolina's starting to kind of get in the groove. If nothing else, the gap between first and second might get smaller. Fair enough. Like yeah. that's it. And the only thing that the only downside for Carolina in that spot is that Carolina's played two more games than the Rangers have. So there's some breathing room for the Rangers to like make it up on their own time. True. But if the Rangers hit a slide, it's the same thing. Like you're right. and, far from being a certainty at number one. And when Carolina gets cooking like they are and Andre Svechnikov is scoring like he is. Boy, he had Ooh. he had a week, a week and a half or so where he just was like the central figure of everything. He was yeah. all over the place goals galore i mean he came back and at one i I think he rose through like in terms of points like total points he like jumped up like tons of spots just because he was he was having multi-point games every night yep i gotta stop benching him in fantasy because he is just too too hot right now and he started really slow so his numbers aren't great on the season well he was hurt that's the problem right exactly and it's like he comes back and he's starting to look his, 100%. His ranking in fantasy, for what it's worth, by the way, because when you're injured, you drop into like the territory of like 500 something or mm. whatever overall in the league. His ranking has like skyrocketed in just a matter of two weeks to something like he's nearly in the top 100 of all players and, and missed like half of the season to this point. Yeah, he's got 26 points in 25 games 
only nine goals, and I say only, but like nine goals in 25 games is pretty good. Most players would take that. You know what, though? it's That's not what it is for me because it's it's the recency thing of it. Like, he came back. He couldn't score that much. Right. What does he have? It's This is, what, the last five or six games? He's and got that's what I was going to say. Seven. It's like, so I don't care. You got nine. He's got just in, the, like, within the last two or three weeks, he's got, like, seven of them. Well, and that's what I was going to say is the fact that he's only got nine on the season, but most of them have come recently, and he's starting to really warm up. And he's like he's become those... the guy who you he's become the guy who you anytime goal scorer in games because it's happening so regularly. It's pretty crazy. Um, but anyway, back to the Flyers. Yes. Uh, the Flyers season has also been crazy. Like, if I told you before the season started that the Flyers would be not just above Batman 500, but above true 500, as of right now, the Flyers are 20, sure. 20, 13, and 6. They are above true 500, and we are this deep into the season. We're talking about, you know, potential playoffs. Uh, even this stretch, right? If you're if you're watching on our YouTube channel, the graphic on the screen, you know, two, three, and three in the last eight games. You still, even through a tough skid, through the holidays, some ups and downs, you still manage to salvage seven out of 16 points. Right, and... That doesn't sound great when you put it that way, right. obviously. Oh, but, but when the Metro's as close as it is, if you get four points during this stretch, you're seventh in the division. Right. Well, it's that. It's I, – I honestly think it even has to do with some of the way that some of these games were. Like, the fact that you can even take – like, like let's, let's be real about what that graphic really says about the last eight games. It's two wins in eight games. Right. That part's not that, good. That is the worst part. Yes. But when you can take the six losses and split them down the middle in terms of I got something for you it. Salvaged points you in three. Salvaged something. And yep. and the, and these were games where like every time just about I'm I, maybe it's the la- maybe the last one of those three is the one that you kind of wish was in the win column, the Columbus yeah. one. Yeah. Because the first two were great points. Like let's kind of start at the beginning of that stretch which is actually before it even starts with the eight games because right. We did the last show. They had been they were on an eight game point streak. They got it to nine because of a win in New Jersey that they looked like they probably had no right getting. And the Hughes brothers who won the game in overtime in Philly when they played turned the puck over and Owen Tippett scores the game winner. And, and all Sam Harrison looked great in that. And game. Sam Harrison was great in that game. Great. In that and game. they looked like like that was another moment, and I go back to even further, and this is kind of a really, like, it's not, we're not jumping to looking ahead just yet, obviously. We just started. Right. But, but the last time they played the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is a game that went to overtime, you know, think about watching the rush at the end of the game, and it's Sean Couturier scoring in overtime in that game. And the way that it feels to watch a Flyers game this year, the way that kind of the vibes have been and they score in overtime, win a game. And there's a reason to like, actually like, like I, to me, that was the first game, the Pittsburgh game that they won in overtime. That was like the first time that I kind of, that was your buy-in game a little bit because, and, and, and only because like throughout the course of most of it, like, like, let's put this way. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't go as far back as early November when you're already going through one a little bit. You you know, the winning wasn't there all the time. It was a rough patch for sure. Like they had won three of the first four games and then you started scattering in a bunch of losses, regulation losses at that, and especially the, the close variety. Like we kept coming on here and saying, well, they're not they're not getting blown out. It's not bad, but right. they're, still, they're still losses. And, and how many times did I, I, I feel like I said, 
it's the perfect rebuilding loss. They lost by a goal and it was late. So they were competitive, but they didn't win the game. So it's a rebuilding loss. And they had their first real kind of one of their first real blowout games. They lost to the Kings five, nothing. Yeah. And we looked and we said, okay, the next game though is San Jose. San Jose hasn't won a game all year. That's got to be the time when you snap out of it. And then they lost that one too. And before we could do another show, and by the way, when we did another show, they had won two games. So we even said, oh, that softens the blow a little bit. They came back and won back-to-back games. So now the San Jose game doesn't feel as bad as it did. But I remember the day after. Oh, it felt pretty tough. Well, the day after that San Jose yeah, game, immediately I, it, well, it was because, pretty tough. Because I, because I'm going to tell you right now, here was the, here was the very, here was kind of the theme of that day. A lot of casuals who were kind of in a spot where, let's remember what early November is, right? Sure. Early November is you're kind of you're now over the post baseball, you know, whatever happened happened. You're kind of over the the depression of this baseball season ending yep. football the is are back in, full in the middle swing. and you yep. still don't even know what basket like with basketball you still don't even know what that team is yet like kind of it's still early uh, for them too you're still finding and- out so when you get an isolated flyers game that's kind of an opportunity to say i'll check it out let's see maybe and that's not even a great game to mention to isolate because it's super late at night it's in san jose like it's not a great game to and look it's at against a bad team right yeah. yeah but they lose it and the team hadn't won all year and that is enough they, for, and, and that they is just lost their everybody. previous two games, allowing 10 goals in each of them. Oh, they had the, the, the Sharks. Direct, it was directly off those really, really awful Sharks games. Sure. And so that led to kind of this impression of, well, they're the same old team. Nothing's better. Forget yep. about them. I'm done already. Back to mediocrity. I'm, I'm out. Yep. And by the way, that's what? That was maybe 12 games in, 13 and, games into the season. Be, and to be entirely honest with the expectations for this roster going into the season, I get it. You know, with the circumstances being what they are, you, you, this is a team that's openly talking about, you know, look into the future and multiple year plans. And we're talking about, you know, this year, not necessarily being the most sure. productive year. And then you come in and watch them lose to San Jose. I'd probably tune out too, if I and, wasn't as invested as I am. And it was a little different because I think nobody would have cared about that game in that sense if they didn't start off with three wins in four games or a few wins in the of beginning course. of the year to, to kind of make you think, well, maybe they're maybe. better than we th- like, are they better than we thought they were? You know, maybe we get, we didn't give enough credit here. Maybe it's whatever. And that was like the game that kind of turned people off to it. And what did they do after that? They rattled off five straight wins. And then we came on a show and went, wait, are they good? Right. You know, and like, that's the kind of thing. And then what happened right after we did that show, they went through a lull. It was right up to Thanksgiving. They lose a game. Okay. They lose a game. The five game winning streaks over. And then the Ranger game happened and the Rangers, it was, you know, Hey, the building was kind of more packed with Ranger fans than, you know, maybe more than again, we had hoped because we thought maybe there was a little bit of a shift. Nah, still was a lot of Ranger fans and the Rangers was much more 50, 50 than it could have been. From crowd perspective, yes. And yep. then the game was lopsided even by the you know, even though the yep. score was three to one, you were down two nothing yeah. before you could blink and it was over. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, like a couple of couple of different games, it felt like they were going through that low. And then you got through to December, and by that point, once you got into December, they had pitched a comeback against the Devils that got a game to overtime. They still lost it in overtime, but they had pitched this comeback that gave you just a little vibe there because it didn't have to be that way. It was three to one late. That could have they could have just folded they didn't then they beat pittsburgh in a shootout 
Then they win that game in overtime. And because they kept hanging in the same kind of crazy spot in the standings, and now it's December, and now they win a game in overtime like that against Pittsburgh. It wasn't even that I was like, it was that that's the buy-in for me. It was kind of the moment where I let myself look at the situation and go, because you know how I look at some of the early games in the season when, when they're doing okay. Yeah. Don't get overly excited because it, it doesn't mean it's, like, it's one game and I get like, it's just one game. It doesn't matter. The more it happens with consistency, the more you can build towards get, let yourself get excited about the win because the win is, is exciting, right? Yes. Yeah. That was the first one for me where I go. The, okay. That felt like, and I, and, and the shame of it was, is I wasn't in the building that night. Cause I was under the weather that like right around that mm. time. I would have loved to have seen how the build it, like the way it felt in the building. Cause I've seen some of the games like, like afterwards, like I'm going to tell you right now, the win, the next two home games they had after that, that were the last two right up against our last show, the shootout win against Washington and a one, nothing shutout against Detroit. That building was going. Yep. Oh yeah. The building is filling up. And to be honest, looking across the sports media market a little bit, it doesn't necessarily look like the Eagles are going to have the longest playoff run. So uh, we may get a little bit of a shift <laughs> in attention fairly well, sooner soon rather than later. That's yep. the thing. Like last year, you knew it was last year. You knew with, with the football season, you were bracing yourself for, well, let's put it this way. The Eagles were the best team in the NFC last year. So you already knew you had a bye week there. So you had two weeks immediately all they had to do is win one more game at that point to be among the, the final four of the NFL right? And in, and in a conference championship game. And they were at home the whole time. So you knew it was going to be a madhouse with that. So, and then again, like when, once you make a Super Bowl, it's two more weeks until you play in the Super Bowl. So basically yep. by just being one of the best teams in football, you could extend your football season upwards of six weeks yep. to just go through a Super Bowl run. And literally right now we're watching as everybody shifts to, they're going to be one and done. So because <laughs> of that, like, like if you would have told me six weeks ago that the weekend that the Flyers play a back-to-back -back at 1 o'clock at Wells Fargo Center, which is literally the same week as divisional round of the playoffs, that A, the Eagles wouldn't have a home game that weekend, and B, may not even be in the playoffs. I would have told you you were nuts. Fair. We were having conversations. I, I was having conversations in the press box about the possibility of, is there even going to be a reason that we show up to the, one of these games because we don't want to deal with the crowd that comes Eagles in, traffic, yeah. especially if the season's a waste, like exactly like, you know what I mean? Like if it's a point to the point where it's like, do I really feel like coming down to watch the right. Flyers play the senators and both teams may not be great and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? No. Like, and when and I can, when I can do my job from home anyway, I, I can do a portion sure. of it from home and now it's going to be, it's not going to be a competition. No, the, the Flyers have played well enough that, I, of course, you know, five straight losses and they're still in pretty tough shape. Don't get me wrong. Like, they're still not a, the type of roster that can erase a six, eight, ten point deficit. They're just not. But as we sit here right now, they are continuing to play meaningful games. And, you know, mm -hmm. we'll get into our looking ahead towards the end of the show, obviously. But they have four games this week. And their record currently has guaranteed that all four of those are meaningful games. Because you sure. are still at this point, we've talked about it before, the players, the coach, are still in win, acquire points, try to get into playoffs mode. They are. And they are, and they're not at the same time, kind of, because the coach will not talk about playoffs, which I give him credit for. Well, like, of course, but he... Like, 
The, the, I just mean in terms of winning games, and you're oh, not, mind, yeah, you're oh, not looking at a rebuild. You are coming into every single game looking to get two points. Well, because that's yeah, that your coach is is literally not even looking at. We do looking ahead, and we're going to talk about four games. Your the coach is looking at one. Correct. Hey, yeah, what's he, the next game? How do we win the next game? We're moving on to it. That's that, right? Like that's all he ever talks about. Right. And I love this is what I like about because because the, the period I'm talking about where you kind of started to feel like the shift there was a shift in the way people were responding to this team that Pittsburgh game and stuff like that that was it was, it was the point streak but that sure. was the no but that was the game after the one they won an overtime at home against Pittsburgh that was the game after the perfect when we got the gem of all gems if we were looking to title an episode which was the why do we win because we've got balls right yep. oh it, so remember okay. I'm not saying this. This is not me saying that the Philadelphia Flyers are going to win the cup. Don't don't get it. <laughs> I, and I've said the same thing for what. It's remember, worth. remember when Tampa Bay won the cup and they got the the 110 million dollars or whatever it was their their salary number. They got it printed on T-shirts. Oh yeah, sure. The Flyers are going to do that with we've got balls. Well, there's already T-shirts sort of around. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. like, there's already there's already t-shirts out there because I told I my wife and I we bought one for my brother-in-law because I said my brother-in-law would wear this thousand oh yeah can I talk about my favorite game since our last show I'm curious to hear what yours is because I've got I've got a handful that I will go off of since our last show and they're all kind of relatively early but December 22nd Detroit Red Wings I wanted to get to that one so this is where I was leading yes. up to because because I was this is why I was on the Jersey game first because that obviously kept the point streak the winning streak kind of yep. going and stuff like that and that's another example when you win a game in overtime you're thrilled right like there's oh, yeah. a, and, and especially when it was unexpected it looked like New Jersey was pushing 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 and then all of a sudden here comes Owen Tippett creates a turnover buries a great shot celebrate it right like and I went on the air the day after on, on 97.3 and said something about isn't it nice that after the last handful of years and you'll probably agree with this because we've done the show all that time isn't it nice to feel something when a team yes. wins a game in overtime and not yeah. feel like and not have the immediate reaction be oh cool they won like yeah kind of like throwing it away no like they won and it feels like the days when we would do the show in I guess maybe 2020 for for all I care like well, the season leading into 2019-2020 absolutely but no, I I am excited. It is fun to be a Flyers fan again. Sure, that's exactly the point too. Exactly. Like and we will talk about we will talk about the future. We will talk about the prospects. We will talk about the week ahead. We will talk about all of that. But as it sits right here right now, the current team on the ice is fun. Think sure. about it. Think about it. I'm going to name a player. You tell me if they're fun or not fun. Okay. Travis Konechny. Oh, of course he's fun. Joel Farabee. Yep. Absolutely. Owen Bobby yeah. Brink. Travis I mean, Sanheim. Ups and downs. Sure. Right. And a lot of them have had them lately, and we'll definitely get into and, that part of it. And I am by no means saying that these are perfect players. I am, I am not even saying that they are elite quality NHL players at the current moment. Right. But boy, are they fun. Are the Philadelphia Phillies the best team in baseball every year? No. Okay, are they the most fun team in baseball every October? They can be. I mean, yes. The answer is yes, Kevin. Well, Come on. The answer is yes in Philadelphia, and there's other people who would but say it's not just Philadelphia. It, unless you're playing against no, the Philadelphia it does. Phillies, no, but, no, it does. They're no, the most fun team in baseball. Well, okay, and that's my point. Like, yes, in the playoffs, when everybody else, when there's 
however many teams, half of the league is sitting at home watching somebody like right now, nobody else is going to talk about the flyers being as fun as everybody here is going to think they are because they're not glued to it every night. And there's 31 other teams that are playing, but when you get down to it and you start to like, I will admit to you, and this is where you're right about this. There are more national people who are going to sit there and go, listen, they have, they have a style at which they play. There's a vibe about them. Like, yeah, you got to acknowledge what is in front of you. Now, they're not watching it with as close of an eye and things like that. But like, and okay, but let's look ahead, right? We're talking about the fact that they're reasonably likely at this point in time to make a push for the playoffs. And if they do make it, tell me this isn't a fun team to watch. You got scoring up top. You got some young talent. You got some sandpaper with your your tippets, or not your tippet, your Delorier and your Hathaway. And your pale, or even you know, paling provides a little grit. Scott Lawton is fun in the playoffs. This team has everything it takes to be a fun team. Again, I'm not saying they're making deep runs, but man, they're gonna be fun. They're they're fun. I mean, the last couple of weeks have shown some of like, and I look, I hate to do it. I have to play devil's advocate a little bit. Okay, okay. Because because the last few weeks have shown some of the flaws, you know, and that's and that's only fair. I mean, between. Let's put it this way. Travis Konechny, I give him all the credit in the world because Konechny came back. Well, not came back, but they came back from the break, right? And half the team's battling something to the point where even you would know this without being around the team because if you put a game on this week, wherever you are, and happen to get the NBC Sports Philly feed, you could tell. I mean, Jim Jackson's playing through Oh, yeah. He is. Has barely any voice left at certain points. And he's trying to give you his goal on, And he's not completely there like even Saturday he's still going through it I mean this has been about a week he's been going through it and he's still going through it because his goal call when Konechny scored shorthanded which was the eventual <laughs> winner sounded a lot like the Jeremy Rona call where he's screaming his head off because he can't even hear in the building that like that's the story about the yeah, the yeah Rona yeah. call because that building was so loud in overtime up until that goal happened um but he's trying like he's trying to muscle through and but half the team had it oh had yeah. something of the sort like battled through something so Konechny's not only sick, he plays another, he plays the next game after coming back from the break, takes a shot off the instep of his skate. Now yep. he's dealing, now he's hobbling around to the point where before the first Calgary game, he went out pregame and just tested it yep. just to see that he could put a skate on and skate. Well, and, and the team has played well enough this season. And we talked about the fact that when they were winning games, they were, you know, good, sustainable, you know, well, metrics backed wins, right. To the point where the numbers said that, they were, you know, beating teams for real. Um, they have done that for a large enough chunk of the season at this point that I'm willing to give them a little bit of a pass for a rough stretch like this. Well, because and that's exactly- of how because of the illness going through the locker room, because of sure. the, the fatigue, and you can you can see it. And well, we we better hope they're feeling better because I'm looking ahead to this schedule, and February is a tough month, or January is a tough month. February is also a fairly full month i don't th- i don't think there's other than the all-star as, break was i don't think there's such, such a thing as an easy stretch right now because of how close everybody is like yeah, but the flyers it, play 12 games over the next three weeks it's oh and four well, games a week I, i've ca- i've already called january's the gauntlet yep. if you can run through the gauntlet of january and then get to a point where at least february offers a few more natural breaks and... if you if you make the all-star break and you're still where you're at now especially given the fact that most of your team is going to have a week to recover Right. Oh boy. Time to go. Time to at least think about it. Sure. And, and again, I'm doing the, I'm going to do the same thing I've done multiple weeks over because we just, we just said it with Carolina because Carolina is three points ahead of the flyers, right? 
Yep. Three points in one direction. The Flyers are top eight in the league. Yep. Five point or six points go to 40. Six points the other direction, they're 23rd. Like, that's the gap. So that, that's why I'm saying there's no such thing as a light week. Like they're going to like, like somewhere coming up, they're going to play St. Louis in about a, yeah. I think it's about a week. It's a week from Monday. I will be there. There you go. Very excited. If you're in St. Louis, come find me. I don't know. Um, But St. Louis is 21st in the league. You're tied for 20th in the league. And yet they're five points behind where the flyers are. Same number of wins, by the way. Yep. Like, does that not make it like same thing? Yep. That's not an easy game. Just means like even like even Montreal is at 39 points and the Flyers play them this week. That easy? No. You know, like you're still going to have to deliver. That's why Calgary was tough because Calgary's at 39 points. Like there's only a handful of teams, uh, maybe five that we can out of the 32 that we can look at and say you are definitively not part of the playoff picture right now. Yeah. Definitively. And it like, and then like there's doubts for others. Like it's going to be a long way back for some of these other teams. Like you would have to really turn it around quick. Like I think Montreal is one of those teams to be honest, because Montreal's got to pass so many teams to get there. And, and then on the hard part, but point wise, they're not far on the other side of things. There's only seven teams that I would consider locks for the playoffs. It's Vegas on up basically at this point in time. Uh, Well, in Vegas for what it's worth, by the way, Vegas has hit a slide of their own. Yes, that took them from top. Well, that we expect them to bounce back. Well, it's not even that you expect them to bounce back. They carved out way more of a path by being top of the league for so long. That's like, oh, you hit a slide. You're still seventh in the league. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And they're still only three points back. It's it's wild. Um, By the way. Winnipeg. Best team in the the league as of right now. Well, I mean, they've got probably one of the best goaltenders in the league. I mean, it's pretty, I feel like it's probably the Vesna's probably going to be a case of Hullabuck and and Demko who eight months ago was threatening to leave and walk like very clearly unhappy. And, Oh, I gotta, I gotta see which way this team's going and was ready to leave, man. Him they've, and they've, they've, both signing those big old contracts. Blake Wheeler now they're, shift off to New York. Man, they've really done a, they've done a little bit of that addition by subtraction thing that the Flyers have done, right? Well, well, know, well Blake Wheeler what, is there. Kevin Hayes. Well, and what else? Well, what else did they do? What was the other big one? What's that? Pierre oh, they Luke fired Dubois. their coach. No, oh, Pierre uh, Luke Dubois. Yeah, and Dubois went to L.A. and they brought in like his. How, how good of a season is Gabe Velarde having? There's your addition by subtraction, right? But but it was yep. sort well, no, well, because they got, got well, you're right. You got Velarde addition by addition by addition. They just right. You just yeah. made a great hockey trade and and yep. seem like you've won. And Pierre Luc Dubois has looked good in L.A. and they've you know it's worked out for both sides. But man, but it's worked out impressively for it's worked Winnipeg. Out really well for Winnipeg. Sure. Turns out turns out that if you put high quality goaltending <laughs> with high quality goal scoring. With decent defense, it works out well. I'm going to be like, and don't get me wrong. I'm Again, I'm not trying to jump into the looking ahead part. Yeah, here, yeah, but, yeah. But this is kind of a looking ahead slash look back part. So this is, you'll see where I'm going with this. I'm curious to see how they play Winnipeg. And I kind of have that because it's on the back end of a back-to-back and it's on the road. I kind of have that as a scheduled loss. Kind yeah. of, you know, the games ahead of that will be more like matter more than like, oh, whatever you can get out of this is yeah. whatever you can cross, get. Cross border travel. But I'm but I'm curious about how they play that game because of how well they've played Vancouver. You know, mm. because that looked like I mean, like 
could could there be a worse matchup to have based on where they were in the league standings to come back from a long break on? Like, <laughs> like you wanted to bring up the game against Detroit. Not this is why I'll, I'll bring this into the conversation. So yeah. they beat New Jersey in overtime. They have a, they finally have a regulation loss, which they were kind of due for. And I and and what couldn't have been more perfect is it's the first game they don't get points in ten games. They've had what, nine straight games of points. That's the tenth. They don't get the points in ten straight. And John Tortorella after the game is practically pounding the podium over you don't go one on four. That's what costs us. We can't be like that. We got to learn how to play in January and February. And it's the first game they've lost or one of the, you know, or the first game they didn't get points in the entire month of December. Yep. They'd only lost one other game in December to that point to the same team that they just lost to that night. No less. Right. And he's pounding the desk over. You don't play like that. No one on fours. That was like, that can't happen. It's got to be different. We got to learn how to check our way to wins. Okay, fine. And the next night, Oof. again, well, next one, of the night, again, one of the wildest hockey games in the last decade. No, and again, possibly scheduled lost territory because again, you're Absolutely playing back to back going in and things like that. But you, but, and, and I didn't have to watch much. I mean, they, they're down two nothing. They get a goal back. They give it back on a power play. And the two goals that followed to make it five one by the end of the period. I just kept sitting there. I actually was over at my parents. I watched the game with my dad that night. And I even said they're doing exactly the opposite of what Torch said the night before. Yep. There's no checking involved whatsoever. So, so I said he's going to be thrilled after this first period. I hope he's just going to be somebody filmed. I hope somebody filmed the locker room after the first period because whatever he said and did. Oh boy. <laughs> well, oh you're never going to see it because it's obviously not out there. So I don't think anybody filmed it. Oh, you won't see it until, you know, late June, early July, maybe. But either way, you're right because they came out and they, and they end up scoring a couple, like, and the thing was too, like, let's remember how the second period of that game really started. It didn't start with, Hey, they scored a couple of goals or whatever. I mean, they scored right. two goals early in the period. What it really started with was exactly what you would expect in a five to one game. Something happens. Nick, you know, guy gets hit. Here comes Nick Sealer. I'm fighting you. And Nick yep. Sealer got flat out kicked out of the game for it. Yep. Which, by the way, and debatable. Uh, was, well, not not even that it was debatable. But by the way, I don't look. I know calls are going to be questionable and things like that. Please, if the NHL wants to do one thing right about this, because this night they screwed it up so badly, it was pathetic. Announce the calls Holy. properly. So Holy. that people have an understanding of what happened, because the way they announced it was we're giving everything to sealer and this guy gets like a two minute penalty or something. Right. And, and it's going to be like a five minute major. And like, yeah, right. Like they almost made it like they were going to get or like a five, a five minute, minute power penalty. Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power play, you know, yeah. and, and which, by the way, at that point would have meant game over. And oh, instead it, sure. it's instead it evened itself out because all that was really given was that sealer got himself kicked out. And, and by the way, because they didn't announce it properly, sealer th blows his top. Just oh, absolutely yeah. loses it. But the but but, but here's the thing. Nick Sealer is one of the most soft spoken guys in the room. He's a, you know, he's he's a good personality. I'm not saying he's not a bad like he's a bad personality, but he, he's a fun guy. He's a he's yeah. a, one of, he's a nice guy. He's he like he's one of those types of guys. And to see him like that, boy, did that light a fire under the rest of the team. And they came out and had just well, it, not right away. Not not right no. away. Like they started off. They, they scored the quick, they scored the two quick goals right away. Right. That, that they, really gets and, you back in the game because now right, it's five, it's five three. Th right, it's five three, and there's sixteen minutes to go in the second period. So you start thinking. And it's a then whole the new play, game. Oh right, yeah. But then the play kind of evened out for the rest of the second period, and they were pushing. Don't get me wrong, but it was like okay, kind of settled back in. 
And then it man, did it all come together super quick. Like they they got another goal six minutes into the third period. Now it's a one goal game. And and because of that, now you're already thinking. Yep. There's 14 minutes left to Not get one. To get one. Yep. And it took a while. I mean, there was six and a half minutes left in the game when they finally got the game tying goal. But there, you know, and 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 Scott Lawton, who hadn't scored in forever, it felt like, gets that one. And you're like, okay. That's a big moment right there. They just tied the game and you saw the energy. And a minute and a half later, they scored again and they took the lead. And you're going, holy crap. Now, not only did they tie the game, they might win the thing. There's five minutes left. And the unfortunate part is what happened immediately after because Carter Hart was in goal that night and got shelled in the first period. Yep. Just got absolutely shelled. And it wasn't his fault, obviously, no. because they nobody he showed up atrocious. in front. But nobody looked in front, you know, showed up in front of him. The team was terrible. And then he played brilliantly for the rest of it, keeping them involved in the game, giving up nothing. Because literally at that point, when you're at 5-1, you can't give up anything if you want to even have a prayer as you start to chip away. Like, once you realize you had a game on your hands at 5-3 in the second period, he can't give up anything for the rest of the game. He's got to be perfect. While you're trailing or or you're done, right? And he was. And then, of course, it was like the shot below the goal line that leaks through. And it can't happen. But... It's a bad goal, and you got to own it. And and unfortunately, that was probably the difference between them getting two points that night and getting one because once it got to overtime, they got dominated in the overtime. Yeah, and then lucky. the shootout there was yeah. the shootout was no match either. So can I can I tell you an absolute horror story about that game? Sure. I live bet them down five <laughs> one. Oh, what were the odds on that? It was crazy. I don't even remember. It had to be like I, something like plus two, three thousand. I, I was I was turning five bucks into like twenty, like thirty bucks, something crazy. It had um, to. Oh, that that seems generous as far as I'm something concerned. like yeah. It was something wild. Um, I went to cash out at after they scored, and as I'm hitting cash out, it locked because they scored again. Yep. Yep. Painful. Painful. That's a shame. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but that but, was, but, but again, that's the type of game because it would, everybody would have understood at five one. If that's the end of the, if story. you call it a night, right. Especially it's, with it's the, the break game, happening last game before Christmas. Right. Right. And that's kind of the hard thing about the stretch of eight games that we're talking about, because it's all like, it was also easy to look at the way that the stretch ended before the break and go, you know, this, the dramatic of the the dramatics of the overtime win in New Jersey that give you like that vibe again. All right, you took a loss in regulation to Nashville, and then you had every reason to roll over after five one against Detroit, and instead somehow got a point out of that game, which you will take every day of the week. If someone that, told you after twenty minutes you spotted them a five one lead, you're going to still get this game to overtime. That is a playoff team point. Sure is. That's yep. And you come back from Christmas break. Sure. With with and again one one of the again this is what I was saying a matchup that looks like on paper off. you're gonna hate it because because you because nobody's played so you're gonna come in there's gonna be a rust factor back to back Vancouver Seattle well on that's the not road. even the part that wasn't even the part I was worried about it was the very first game because Vancouver okay. was still at the top of the league that's and true you're co- and you're coming back from six days of nothing yep. and you're going you know there's because you know the we rust gotta, factors but you know the rust factors Yep. But you know the rust factors coming in, and it kind of almost turned it into the reverse of what happened. You got to find a way to get through. If you can grind through this game and maybe get something out of it, because you're probably going to have to win in Seattle to make this first part of the trip feel good. 
Right. And instead, they were deadlocked in a nothing-nothing game for almost two periods and then scored three goals in two minutes and six seconds. And the game was turned on its head right there. And the game, that was it. Yep. And Well, it wasn't, though, because here's the thing. As as much as it looked like it, because I'm right there with you. Three-nothing through two periods, the way it was going, sure looked like it was. Right. Well, it should be. And then they had a horrible first shift that gave up a goal to Vancouver right away. So all of a sudden, now, now it's 3-1. So it's a game again immediately. And then within minutes of that happening, Sam Harrison's got to come out of the hurt. game yep. because, well, he wasn't hurt. He was dehydrated. So okay, right, right, right. I'm sorry. But, but still, it means now Carter Hart's got to come in cold against this Frankly, team. Frankly, I think that was a blessing in disguise because he got a chance to play eight or nine minutes in a game that they had a multi-goal lead. And it probably it was, helped, but it helped get him basically a it's basically a practice for him before the Seattle game. It was a little bit, but it's but still in a game where you're leading three one against a team that had, as good know, as is, Vancouver's well, been has been all offense and scores upwards of five and six a night. Sometimes it feels like because that's how powerful they've been on offense. You know what's coming with them. You got Pedersen, Besser, Quinn Hughes. JT Miller, they're all coming at you, and they're no, going to they, be, and they're going to be a shooting gallery. And it's three one. And oh, by the way, not long after that happens, you take a penalty. So now Carter Hart is being greeted into the game with, "Here comes Vancouver's power play." Here and comes Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes, right? And instead, within ten seconds, the power kill delivers and crazy and scores, Garnet and that kind halfway. of and that kind of calmed everything back down for a second. Because now it's like, oh, three goal lead restored. Now we we're a little this. more chilling, right? Right. Because, oh, by the way, in the middle of all that, by the way, Arison's got to leave. Hart's in cold. They t- they get a power play in a 3-1 game. It all looks like it could unravel. Oh, by the way, Travis Konechny's not on the bench right now either. And he doesn't come back. And they have no updates. So you're going, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now what? Like, what happens if you... T- and, and believe me, talk about foreshadowing. Because what if, he, what if it wasn't just, hey, he was sick. Right. And it was something else. Because... How how many goals since then has Konechny scored? He's kind of on one of those heaters again right now, right? He is on an absolute heater. I just looked, and that so he scored the next night in Seattle. Spoiler, shorthanded by the way, shorthanded. Spoiler in the first period. Uh, as it sits here right now, he has one t one. So he has scored. He scored that goal. I be, so I believe it's four goals in the last five games or something like that. Right. Since the, H- since hello. The, yeah, I know. Named named to the All Star team. The yeah, yeah. Well. Shout out there, by the way, because um, well, and I, and for what it's worth, by the way. So I knew the announcement, like the the All Star game announcement, was coming up uh, ahead of the Thursday I game. Kind of assumed it was Travis connecting. I started writing a story to put up because I because I lumped it together. There's not much to talk about with an All Star game selection, yeah. so I lumped it together with another piece of information we're going to get to later in the show that that is not related to the current team, but a future thing. And I did it as a notebook. And I'm like, and as I'm sitting here going, I got to mention the all-star thing. I just flat out started writing Konechny named all-star because it was like, well, who else do you give it to? Right. Like he's been their best player by a a mile. Absolutely. And Travis Sanheim probably had an argument for the first couple of weeks of that. But I wondered if any of the goalies did too, by the way. I, I just don't think they had enough playing time. Right. I was going to say, I think if either one of them was uh, played more, it played, you know, 25 games. Then I think we'd have a little more discussion, but I, I don't think either guy has played enough to to really get that kind of breakout success, right? Especially because um, Arison's numbers are still recovering from the, the really rough start he had, right? Well, the first couple of games, and then the 
you know, because like I, one of the things I had said kind of as the week went on was obviously they came back from break and Harrison had a great game against Vancouver before he had to leave the game. The Calgary game was a little bit more like typical of a goalie. Like he gave up three goals. That's not terrible by any sure. stretch, but it was kind of like, I feel like Harrison probably wanted like the two on one that Kadri scored on in that first game. He would have liked that one back. Like, like, and not in the sense that it's a bad goal to give up, but just one of those ones where it's like, you need a save or, yeah. or like, or for where the team was, you need a save. By the way, how about that one for a wild game, by the way, because Ooh. that didn't, again, that was one that, and and I've highlighted that Calgary game, the first one as the most disappointing game of the road trip because yeah, they went against Vancouver. Okay. The next night you're all the travel and illness and you, and everything coming out of a long break, you're fighting it against Seattle and you still got the thing to overtime and got yourself a point in the game and you should be thrilled with three out of four to start that trip. Yeah. But, but the hope is you take, you okay, you do your travel again, you get to Calgary, you have an entire day, you know, to kind of recover a little bit. And you hope you have the legs this time against Calgary in the third game of that trip. And they didn't. Nope. And they got kind of what they deserve because again, I know it says four, three on the score, but it was at different time, you know, Yes, they led one nothing. Once they gave up a goal, the push was on. They gave up the second one. Then it was three one, and they fought with the goalie pulled. But sure. but it was three sure. one. But it was three one with four minutes left. Yep. Let's be real about what kind of game that was. That was That's... much more of a regulation loss, as like a four two loss would be, than it was the other way around. If you I, had gotten we, a point there, you would have been saving a which, point. No, it, which by the which by the way, and this is it's just like a it, like. It always cracks me up when games end the way that that game does, where the goal that was scored into an empty net turns out to be the game winner. Like it's, it's yep. just a weird thing. That's like so it, annoying. Like you know what I mean? Because like in other words, you did enough to come back from what was actually scored on you, and if you didn't pull the goal, which by the way, I will argue this as well. Okay, down by two, you want to pull the goalie with four minutes left. Pull the goalie with four minutes left. You're struggling to get anything generated, Absolutely. and you're down two. When they got it back to one, really quickly. And it was like three and a half minutes left. I'm waiting a minute and a half until I pull that goalie again. And yeah, he pulled probably. him and he pulled him right away and they got scored on almost right away. And it, and that kind of erased that. Yeah. And I, I like, it's hard to criticize it because in the moment, right, I both, like both the aggressiveness. Work, right. It's, it, and, right. and they're all about aggressive. Like that's been their style all year. So absolutely. I that's what you, you don't get to 400 shorthanded goals without being aggressive. <laughs> and I'm exaggerating, but like it doesn't seem like by very much now, does it? <laughs> well, speak, speak, speaking of which, because so they play Edmonton and <laughs> and Connor McDavid does stupid Connor McDavid. Things. Sure. Now, Travis Konechny had another goal in that game, by the way. So maybe actually I'm, I might be selling him short. Then is that five then? Something like that. In the last five games, because I forgot that he even scored in that game because that game was forgettable. Uh, yeah, it, it would be five in the last five. 17, 18, 19, of course 20, it is. 21. Yeah. All right. So anyway, and yes, that was, the, I can summarize that game in, in four words, the Connor McDavid show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fine. Fine. But here's oh, the thing though. Yeah. The goal that I, I'm trying to remember which one it was actually, I guess it was, it was the game winner. It was the power play goal that they scored at the end of the second period for Nugent Hopkins, because yep. it nearly is a break the other way for Konechny. And there's people who are going, yeah, you might, you might want to chill with that because you know, who's on the ice. And if you don't, get it then you're and i not but uh, but i i even said that's a situation of you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because if you do try to play that aggressive sure maybe it turns into something maybe it turns into an opportunity and you're out of the play because of it but what are you gonna do like what are you supposed to do acknowledge that 
well, McDavid's on the ice and all these other talented players are around him, but McDavid's clearly the best. I get that. Right. I'm just going to sit back and let whatever happens, happens because right. I got to, I got to respect the best player in the world. It's like, well, no, or do you, you force him or, back right. on his heels. Or do you do what has worked for everything else all year long and take the chance on it? Because that's how you've had success. They tried to play to a strength right. and it didn't work. And then right. they, it and backfired. Then, it happened. And then, and then as soon as they scored again, early in the third period, that was dagger game over yeah. or whatever. And, 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 and I mean, they, they hung in there, but again, you didn't have the legs, legs or talent to compete with that team or, or with McDavid. And sometimes the fact of the matter is sometimes the best player in the world puts five points on the board against you. Well, and and, and that's a stark reminder to all due respect to Travis Konechny and his five goals in the last five games. You are not Connor McDavid. And oh, I'm not no. trying to say that as, and I'm not trying to say that and, as like that, that right, Konechny nobody tries is. to be. Oh, right. and, I'm, oh, and I'm not trying to say that as to, as to say that Konechny tries to be. Right. I'm saying that as in Travis Konechny is your best forward. Correct. By far. And Travis Konechny is a very, very good hockey player. But he does not fall into that take over the game category. There's there is terminology at least on a nightly basis. I'm sure can I'm not I, like connecting sure. has games where he's the guy out there trying to be like we're not losing. There there is terminology, but it doesn't happen nightly. There is terminology that is used in mixed martial arts, and it's there's levels to this, and there's levels to everything, right? There's levels to striking, there's levels to grappling, there's levels to wrestling, and you can be really really good you can be world class in a discipline but there's could be some there's there's always somebody better than you and you can be a really 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 good hockey player you can even be leon dreisaitl mm -hmm. you're not the best player in the world yeah you can be austin matthews you can be if your name is not connor mcdavid you're not the best player in the world it is that simple uh, but yeah. i hear you and but I, yeah no I, he does and that's why, like that, and again, that's probably why the Calgary game was so disappointing because yeah. this is Edmonton's been better since the coaching change. They've crawled their way back towards a playoff spot. Like they're right. I'm going to check. Are they in one or are they just barely out? Who's that? Edmonton. They're Edmonton in. They're in right now. If, if 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 it started today, they're in. Yep. So there you go. At the time, they weren't. Obviously, they were still coming back. <laughs> up on it but like the fact that their goal differential isn't the most important stat but the fact that they're plus 18 leads me yeah. to think that they're getting in so, um, they're, so they're heating up so you kind of had a feeling that like obviously this is not the edmonton oilers you faced four games into the season no it's not even the jay woodcroft you know Con connor's putting his foot on the gas right he's putting his foot on the gas so much that he's going to over. I don't have a doubt in my mind. He'll overtake the points lead. He's on his way to another art Ross probably. And like, that's the end of that. I would be really appreciated if he scored more than 42 and a half goals. That would be great. Thank you. <laughs> what is, don't worry what, about it. Um, I, I don't worry about what, what's he up to? No. Um, I, I want to know I, what he, I just want to know what his season total is. I, I, may or, I, I may or may not have a parlay that has, uh, Ovechkin over 25 and a half. He's um, heated up a little bit too, by the way. McDavid over 42 and a half. Kucherov over 44 and a half. The Kucherov then, one's hitting. And then a tough one because of the recent uh, injury news. Connor Bedard over 33 and a half. Yeah, okay. So Kucherov, you're safe. The Bedard one is going to be a challenge. Yeah, the problem is it's a parlay. I know. Yeah, but anyway. Well, uh, but the one thing I will give you with the Bedard side of it is that he's he did carve out a good amount before all of this. Yeah. Like, How many does he have? He's at 15. He's at, he's at 15. Okay. 
That's why I'm saying he was he had a point where he was scoring nightly. And you know what? I will say he has started to look I, I'm not gonna say bad, but he has started to look human. Uh and I think having a couple Grind of weeks of, I think having a couple of weeks off may be good for his that legs. might not you might not be wrong about that. Like especially because it's a an upper body injury, right? Fractured jaw. He yes. might come back in two weeks and just wear a cage type of thing. But I think those two weeks off will be real good for his legs. We'll see about yeah, we'll certainly see about that. Um I'm in, what I'm interested to see is depending on how long the timeline is for whatever's going on. Like, well, obviously, yeah. he fractured his jaw. I know what that is, but like, whatever's right. going on, is there specifically surgery? right? Well, is there surgery? Is there not? Is it just gonna, you know, how does it gonna work? And I assume thing? they're not rushing him, right? And how quickly does he want to come back and feel like he can come back and play all that stuff, right? Because, because it wasn't surprising. Like, I know you see a guy get hit near the head, and it's like, oh, probably concussion, right? No, he got up and he's holding his head like his, this, his mouth, not like, oh my right. goodness, my head. You he can tell the difference. You can and tell I'm the like, difference between uh-oh. a guy holding his mouth and a guy holding his head. Right. And I just sure. went, uh oh, that's if that's, that's a fractured jaw, then you that's know that's no good. Right. Right. Um, and it's a shame too, because like he did uh, right before, not long before, it was when he was on his last little bit of scoring, you know, of a scoring heater in, in his own right, on, on a bit of a scoring streak. He pulled off the Michigan. Yeah, he did. The and same night Trevor Zegers did crazy. And no, no offense to Bedard, Zegers did it even better than oh. Bedard did because Zegers did it all in one motion. Zegers was and on like, his on his offhand too. Like so, so like I'm not I'm not nitpicking the whatever. It was insanely impressive, but it almost wasn't a Michigan. He like it was like he, a drive by Michigan, right? He didn't even scoop it. Like I feel like the Michigan no because he was on his that, back. He was on his backhand, literally turned the stick over and, and then just scooped it on the and toe. Just, deposited it into the top quarter of the net. It like, was it absolutely was... insane. Do I now, do I want to mention a conversation that we've had in the past about this? Because you you texted me that night and go, tell me who's the first flyer to pull off the Michigan and why is it Matt Mishkov? <laughs> who's attempted it probably about seven or eight times in the KHL. Mm-hmm. He's like, going to get tried. it. He's really tried and he he's keeps get attempting it. it. So I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but nonetheless, so Bedard pulls off the Michigan, by the way. And I put like I think I shared the video on on Twitter, and I'm like, t- you know, who's you know, should we just this give out the call? Like, wait, wait, no, should we just give the call there out now? Like right. seriously. And of course, like, what's the one thing that would prevent him from getting the call there? An injury, because yeah. he's not playing. Because there are there are other really good rookies. Like we have to acknowledge that there's sure. other good rookies out there. I mean, Luke Hughes is one for Absolutely. sure. Um, yep. who's the goalie that people are talking about? that I can't seem to remember. like it's I there's a goalie out there who's in that conversation that people were saying something about it's not Devin Levi because he struggled this year uh, yeah at the beginning goalie. it was at the, at the beginning at the beginning it was right. there were a lot of people that thought Levi was going to be in that category I thought there was one I'll 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 look up who people like had in the call to race because there's a okay. few others there's a few others obviously out there or whatever I mean Fantilli hasn't really done enough to get on the board like that. And like, you know, in terms of the rankings of who wins this thing, Leo Carlson's getting kind of game, you know, game management. So he's not playing all the time either. And actually I think he just got hurt recently too. So he probably took himself right out of the, uh, running of that too. Right. Yeah. The, uh, the, the great thing about the awards is you can do all the preseason predictions you want. You can do all the mid season predictions you want, but if somebody gets hurt, it just, it changes absolutely. Everything. Well, sure. Like, and, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a good example, by the way, because, and, and, I, and I'm not disputing this in the slightest. Okay. Because 
if you're talking about who's had one of the best seasons to this point, Nathan McKinnon is right up there in terms of um, heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yet, are we going to like, who's going to pick against, you know, and Kucherov's right up there too, but who's going to pick against McDavid if McDavid leads the team back to the playoffs and leads in scoring? Right. Cause we assume he will. It's, it's absolutely wild to assume that, but we assume he will. Like he's got such a big gap that he has to cover, but we just kind of assume it's going to happen. Sure. Right? The, the league lead right now is 66 points. He has 54. He's 12 points down, but we all assume it's going to happen. Okay. Oh, maybe, the, yeah, maybe there wasn't, a, maybe it wasn't a goalie, but okay. But this is a name that I've seen come up a lot. Brock Faber for Minnesota. Okay. Okay. Who, who has come in and like almost immediately since coming into play for Minnesota turned into like a top pairing defense. Right. And has immediately just been running their number one power play. It, it's wild. Literally. Right. Uh, like, like there's like everybody was picking Bedard obviously for that and things like that. But like, that's if, if, if you supplant, like if you're Brock Faber and you come in in a year where, Adam Fantilli was going to be playing and Leo Carlson was going to be playing. And those guys were not right at the top either. Then like, it's pretty, it's pretty astounding, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, it, It's so funny. This most recent, uh, this most recent ESPN article that I'm reading um, that was basically right around new year's day that has who's leading for all of these things for all, like I, for pretty much every category, I'm not even kidding. Like for the heart trophy, they don't even, list mcdavid is among the top three right now silly neither well no 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 because I, I i think since even just since the beginning of the week he's put up that many points oh yeah like well putting five up against the flyers helps sure like he wasn't even mentioned in the category and then obviously like we will eventually look at like the next time they run this it'll be a lot more mcdavid i think because oh, right yeah. right now there's still a lot of a fascination with what vancouver's done and that's let's just wait. In Vancouver's case, I would say at this given moment, Demko's the leader for the Vesna, and Quinn oh, Hughes yeah. is probably the leader for the Norris. Uh, at yeah. this given at this yeah. given moment, now obviously I'd subject to change in a lot of ways, but I would say that that's the case for now. I think that's fair at the current moment. You know, so. I do also think, by the way, if if I'm being, you know, if we're being blunt about the awards, because I said that because in the same vein, right? So the, the same night that I'm watching two guys pull off the Michigan and whatnot, I think Austin Matthews scored two goals that night, too. And I was pretty much ready to go. Just give him the Richard now. Yeah. Like the guy's got a scoring touch. I back. mean, but Kucherov's going to hang with him. Like you can't you can't just give it to him. Kucherov's right with him. Uh, the only reason I don't completely agree with you is because at the time they were hanging with each other and then Matthews now Matthews has hit a little bit of a low in the last right. Of I mean, he's too ahead, but Sam Reinhardt's right Reinhardt there too. On that, I don't know if Reinhardt's going to keep that up the whole is, year compared, Sam, compared to Matthews and Kucherov is Sam Reinhardt on pace for 60. He's pretty close. That's crazy. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, to be, to be I mean, to be fair, is there a chance that McKinnon gets his name into the top five pretty soon? He's scoring at a crazy clip right now. That is true. He McKinnon's is really at 22 on his back. He, he has decided that he wants to make the playoffs again, please. By by um, the way, Travis Konechny tied for 11th still. Yeah. Just still hanging around. And it's pretty good. Uh, all right. You, you realize that since we're coming up on the halfway point, his pace for the season is 43, roughly. 
Yeah, it's pretty good, man. Actually, at this point, it's, it's more than it's got to be more than that since he added another one. It's probably forty four ish. You know, yeah, like if, you, if he scores one more goal in the next two games, he's on pace for forty four. And if you told me that before the season, I'd be happy with that. Travis connecting. Yeah, I'd be 40. happy. If you, you told be me thrilled, that when his last time I had a forty goal score. If you told me before the season that Travis connecting is scoring forty four goals this year, I would have said with who? <laughs> yeah, right. Literally, what team is he on? Who did we get? Who did we get for him? What was the deal? Like serious, and I'm being dead serious. When was the last time they had a guy who scored forty goals? Like not even yeah. in the, in the nineteen. Like obviously, there's a few years in there where it's it's lean because they didn't play many games. Like you're not going to get a forty unless you're Austin Matthews. You're not going to get a forty goal scorer in a fifty six game right. season. Um, not on this team. Um, I don't know the last flyer to score forty. It might be Jeff Carter. That's what I that's what I was getting at. Like even the year that Giroux scored a hundred had one hundred and two points, he only had thirty four goals. Right, and that was the last like major season that you can like that you can even look at. We got Wayne Simmons at 31 in 2016-17. Uh, Simmons at 32 in 15-16. So I'm going back pretty far already. Yep, Jeff, nobody... Jeff Carter, 08-09, 46 that's, goals. That's when it was? Yep, according to StatMuse. Wow. Like I was just going year by year over. Well, that's um, the 13 season was a lockout year, so that didn't count. Uh, yeah. Even, even 20... Uh, 2011 2012 when they looked like they weren't okay that's that's as close as somebody's been in a long time anyway i'll give it that scott hartnell had 37 in 2011 2012 okay that's as close as i think anybody's been travis connect travis connect might do it this year owen tippett might do it at some point in his career joel farabee's got potential to do it at some point in his career and that's just guys on the roster right yeah you got you got it right jeff carter had 46 in 0809 crazy crazy and it he might be the last one since lindros at that point no no um, no nope i just found oh, no i found okay. the last one since then because the same year we're talking about simone gagne had 34 Poof, not bad two years earlier in 06 07 he had 41 and the year before I, that which by the way if you know i should have guessed gagne the year before that was 05 06 which if anybody doesn't remember what year that was that was the first year with four the first year yeah, that was the dynamic duo. And then eventually Knubel was part of that group. as that well. That was the first year out of the lockout, right? Yes. Yeah. He had 47 goals that year. So that's that might be the last that might be the closest to 50 since probably Leclerc. OK. Yeah, it's it would been, have it's, to be right. Listen, it's been a very long time. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying, listen, if, if Kinesi can get himself to 40, if this team has a 40 goal scorer. If Travis Sandheim gets anywhere back to where he was in the first 15, 20 games of the season, that'd be great. And yeah, you have off a little. And you have the goaltending duo that you have. Why not? Yeah, I Why hear you. I mean, not the interesting part is, and, and listen, I'll I'll start by saying this right away because this will kind of start to wrap our like go over like the last handful yeah. of games and whatnot before we get to the ahead part down the road. Yep. It was. Going on, I guess well, I, I did an on air spot before the Columbus game. And ironically, this is exactly the opposite of what happened because I got it. The question I got asked was, you know, based on what, what has happened over the last week or so and on the losing streak, what do you want to see happen now that they've come? They're coming home for four games. What do you want to see happen? And my answer was along the lines of I want somebody who's not like what I want to see is somebody not named Travis Konechny and Joel Farabee score. 
because because the entire offense was running through those two. And that night, who scored two goals? The All Star. Yep. And that was the only two goals they had. And then, by the way, they didn't use them in a shootout, which is interesting. It's wild. Um, and I understand, and there's an element where I understand why they didn't, but like because you're trying to pick the skill guys. Couturier let it off because Couturier's kind of found some success with that move he's and, made, and he didn't do the little half backwards skate. Good for him. And then, and then you turn to two younger guys like Brink and Forrester, who I'm sure are p- trying to pull off some stuff in practice sure. and things like that. But maybe you t- you tap the guy on the shoulder who's already scored tonight twice and All go right. like, hey, find some, you hey, see if you, you can't find a way. Keep us in this one, yeah. Uh, by the way, since uh, I feel like we've mentioned betting a lot this episode, I did want to throw out there. Travis Konechny with five goals in the last five games, and there is nobody he loves scoring against more than the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, <laughs> do, with, do with that information what you will. This is not advice. Please bet responsibly. Okay. Um, we don't um, have a partner, but if you'd like to sponsor us, we are willing to have the conversation. Anyway. Back to the Calgary game for a second, because also, by the way, so the Columbus, by the way, I want to talk about the Columbus game first for a second with this, because John Tortorella has done a lot of good things this year and has pulled, you know, pushed a lot of the right buttons and all that kind of thing. I think that what you saw from John Tortorella's lineup on Thursday against Columbus was a little bit of what I've this. I'm going to use a term that I've used to discuss what the trade deadline could be like for the team if they go full bore sell. Uh, despite being in a potential spot, because I've said, would they be willing to, you're not going to buy, but would you be willing to let this thing ride out and and give the players an opportunity to see what they, if they can finish what they started without changing it up too much, too radically, or do you just sell and essentially sabotage your chance at a playoff run? And I think that against Columbus, John Tortorella sabotaged the chance to give them an opportunity to win a game because ultimately I get guys are struggling, and that's why I even said you want to see other guys besides Konechny and Farabee producing offensively because that's kind of what it revolved around. They had gone on a four-game road trip, and five out of ten goals were scored by defensemen. The other five were two for Travis Konechny, one for Joel Farabee, a shorthanded goal for Garnet Hathaway, and then, oh, by the way, Bobby Brink at six on five with with the net empty. Right. Yeah, that's not exactly inspiring a lot of confidence in me and the offense's ability to do something right now. Okay. So I need to see it get back to what it was earlier in the, you know, in the month of December, all that. Cause it was a committee, you know, like it was, hey, Owen Tippett did it this night. And, you know, here's a goal by Tyson Forrester and here's a goal by Bobby Brink and here's a goal by, you know, you name it. They were kind of spreading the wealth a little bit more. Yeah. It was, you know, like sure, was Farabee a key part of it? Was Connect Me certainly a key part of it? Of course. But Couturier was going, Lawton contributed some goals in there. You, I mean, you know, they, you had one game where two goals were scored by Ryan Paling. Yep. And it's like, hey, they got a shot to win a game because Ryan Paling scoring some goals. Absolutely. Right? And like, and you do need depth scoring. And, um, you know, the nice thing is uh, this is still a season that may be considered a rebuilding season, depending on how it turns out. You know, sure. we, men- we mentioned the fact that they probably won't add. And what that means is uh, that they won't be parting with any of their prospects. I think it's a good time right. to kind of transition. Well, over I want to. I want to. Well, I want to finish the point that okay. I'm thinking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Because so you decide because guys are struggling, and I get it. Cam Atkinson hasn't scored in 22 games. Right, it's the longest stretch of, without a goal in his career. Oh, and man. so, and and truth be told, to add on to it, in Edmonton he took the penalty that led to the game-winning goal. Yeah. So it starts. Right. So it starts to add up and you go, okay, you want to sit Cam Atkinson for a game? Be my guest. Like, 
it's gone on long enough. You rely on him for offense. It needed to, you know, if it needs to happen, it needs to happen. Give him a night. But to double down on it and throw Morgan Frost in the mix and say the same thing. And oh, by the way, to come home and and this is like, I don't care. You want to send a message to Morgan Frost to be my guest again. Like we know that we know the story by now. We don't have to go through it 20,000 times. Uh, Right. But you came home. So, okay, you want to throw Nick Delorier back in the lineup because you sat him the last game? Fine. Call up somebody instead of worrying about throwing Rhett Gardner in so he can get seven minutes and then sit on the bench the entire third period in a game where you have a shot to win. If you want to talk about putting out the best, like you're going to play to win, you're going to try to do your best to win a game, you're going to put out the best lineup to win a game, and that's how you're going to handle it because we don't tank, right? That was about as close to a tanking lineup as you could get. And you screwed screwed yourself over in that game. So I don't love the – the way that that was handled in the slightest because of the fact, and it's, it's not about the players coming out. It's about what you put back in right. and, 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 and to not utilize them. You were already running 11, seven that night for the second straight game. Mind you, then don't take two of the forwards and sit them on the bench for the entire third period and roll three, three lines, three lines basically. and guess yeah. what? He, he did it again against Calgary, by the way, he still rolled three lines. He sat Delorier and Brink for the entire third period and essentially locked in on three lines. That is going to get you, and that's the concern going forward. You don't have more than a day off between games until midway through this month. You're going to run this team into the ground if you do it that way. And I understand the importance of trying to get points, but you've got to be somewhat conscious about you know, what, what the role is that guys bring. When they took Frost out of the lineup, you can say he's not delivering what, you, what needs to be delivered, which is offense. That's totally fair to say. But you are thin at center at, as a result after that because – Right. You don't have any true sentiment. You still don't have no, you know, and look, you're going to get reinforcements relatively soon. Noah Cates is on the path to come back soon. That will help. But Man. until you have him back, you're running a center group that is Sean Couturier, who hadn't played in two years coming into this year. So, so the minutes are going to wear on him a little bit. It's got to. And then, oh, by the way, who's, who's in your middle six at center? Ryan Paling and Scott Lawton, who's Lawton doesn't even play his best center anymore. He's better on the wing. And you Paling know, is a four is really a glorified fourth line center. You're trying to push into a middle six role. You know, honestly, the way the way this season is kind of playing itself out, Noah Kate's coming back from injury is kind of gonna be your trade deadline acquisition. Right. It like is. And I and I want to see what happens with Frost too, though, because Frost is a key part of this at this point because there's every time he's out of the lineup, there's the discussion about this is not, this is never going anywhere. He's going to be a gone and forgotten about part of this thing sooner rather than later. And that may, that may very well be true, but Tortorella talked the day after the Thursday game on Friday, talked the day after they lost to Columbus in, in the shootout and talked about how Morgan Frost had a meeting with him that morning, that because of the road trip, because of everything that happened, he couldn't have, a, 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 the, the same kind of conversation he would have with players about coming out in and out of the lineup. So he mentioned something briefly on the plane back from Edmonton and then called him on Thursday because they didn't have a morning skate and right. said, you're not in the lineup. And the next day Frost went and requested a meeting with Tortorella. And apparently it was probably a little bit more tense than it would have been like in terms right. of, we're really going to air this thing out and we're going to bring it to a forefront. And Tortorella loved that. I was going to say, so, that's got to be a good thing. That's got to be something that John Tortorella and maybe, like Tortorella, like Tortorella went from talking about it like it is what it is to maybe there's a path Yeah, because of this. And if they can salvage this somehow and if Frost can deliver, because by the way, what did Frost do the very next game? Goal and an assist. Yep. Were they, you know, were they like the greatest, was it his greatest game on earth? No, not even close. But 
did he put something up on the board that gives you something to, to look at? And was he present? Like he was, maybe the goal wasn't the most impressive or the assist wasn't the most impressive. And that's, but that's not the entirety of her game. He played with more of an edge, with speed, with more intensity in this game than he had probably for the previous two weeks to get to the point where they said bench him. Sure. And if that is a turning point, that may be something that we talk about as significant going forward. Sure. We exactly. Will exactly. Because like he's a young player. He's been bounced around the lineup a little bit. He's gone through all this COVID nonsense. Right. I, I could see him having some anxiety about getting scratched, this and that, some nagging thoughts in the back of the head. And he needed to come in and, you know, have a little bit of a blowout with torts. And obviously, you know, I, I expect both guys to be professional and to continue showing up and to both do their jobs, but well, frost is definitely going to be that way. And I'll say this about frost because of the fact that Tortorella brought this to like, mentioned this in his answer about it. He said torts or he said frost is kind of like, you know, he's, he's soft, like he's not much of an, he's not much to get outspoken about anything. He's, re he's reserved, you know, that kind of thing. He, and, and then he added, he's probably never, like, he's probably been told his entire life. Don't cut, like, don't push back against the coach. Right. Not that those conversations don't happen with the coach, but that's how Tortorella you wants have to respect players the coach. Right. right. But that's how Tortorella wants, wants his players to be. So now that frost kind of got over that hurdle and was like, we're going to talk this out right now. Obviously, Maybe that's where it is. I don't know. Obviously, I hope I, it is. Obviously, I've never shared a locker room with John Tortorella, but he gives off big, if you have a problem, tell me about it, energy. And even if the solution is, you know, we disagree, we don't necessarily right. care for each other's opinion on the matter. We're both professionals. I understand where you are. You understand where I am. Right. We're both going to go out here, be professionals, and do what's best for the team. And that's sure. all I need. Sure. And the problem that you have right now with Frost in, in particular is, is that when Cates isn't available and if Cates isn't playing to a level where he has earned that spot, because he kind of wasn't at the beginning of the year either, and the injury just happened to come up when it did. Right now, Frost is your second line center because that's the best option you have. Right. It just is. Yeah. So that's how thin you are at center. Like, I don't I don't want to sit here and project that Frost is the second line center in the league. He's right. probably better as a third, but Right now, he's your second line center because he's the, after Katuria, he's the next best guy you have. Seriously. And until that changes, if you want to continue to push the narrative of rolling out the best lineup and trying to win and it's about the next game and that's all we're focused on, then he's got to play right now. Yep. And maybe that turns around as things go forward. Two points in the last game is certainly a step in the right direction, among other things. You know, being noticeable in how you play is certainly another way to go about it. But For that. Sure. I hope that that's like, and that's why I'm, I wanted to bring that point up is because it has not, totally. less to do with the game against Calgary and more about, I hated that lineup on against Columbus hated yeah. it because yeah. you knew what kind of game you were in for the second that it happened. And they nearly look, they damn near won the game anyway with it. But you, if you're worried about the fact that you only got one point, not two. And, and, and by the way, Tortorella after the game to answer everything, like, you know, difficult, you know, was it difficult to scratch? You know, how difficult was it to scratch Cam Atkinson? It wasn't, you know, did we, you know, you know, what did, what was the conversation or what, what was the reasoning behind scratching both of them? That's between me and the athletes. Right. Is, were, you, were you worried about the possibility that they were going to run out of gas? No, Nope. You know, like, nope. but because it, because to him that like, he's not going to present like, yeah, I, I totally screwed us over because of that, you know, come back from a road trip illness, this, that, the other thing, 
you know, he's not going to say that. No, and we no, know no. that. And we know that. But just recognize that you didn't play two of those forwards who were fresh, by the way, because they didn't play the previous game. And you sat them on the bench for the entire third period and rolled out the nine forwards that just grinded it out on a road trip, hoping to somehow. And as soon as you got scored on, the wall came crashing down. Yep. So just something to consider as they move forward because they need to real like if they want to keep this magical run going, you got to keep the best players in the lineup as much as possible. And, and 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 for what it's worth, also call the minor leagues and find out who's delivering a little bit more than a guy like Rhett Gardner, who I know you have intentions of sitting on the bench when it comes down to crunch time. Absolutely. And right now it's guys like Rhett Gardner uh, next year. It may be some of these prospects. Are we, uh, is there anything else you wanted to address with kind of the current team? Or are we good to, we good to look forward? Go ahead. All right. So we're, we're looking forward here and man, the flyers present is pretty exciting. We've kind of been talking about it for most of the show here, but boy, these last couple of weeks have been a treat as far as the future goes. Sure. Flyers prospects have been making waves and we're going to, we're going to touch on a bunch of them here, but I think the main one. Yeah. Yep. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, we're talking about the world juniors. We're talking about team USA. We're talking about the t-shirt that Kevin's wearing. We're talking about the Jersey he's got behind him. <laughs> we're talking about cutter Gauthier tied for the league lead or I'm sorry, tournament, tournament lead. lead in scoring for this year's world juniors. The USA wins gold. They get to sing the USA wins gold song in the locker room afterwards. I know <laughs> you you've loved, seen the video. Oh, I know you loved every second of that too. There have, there were some guys on this, in this tournament as, as there is every year that kind of break out right? world juniors is one of those tournaments where the eyes of the hockey world are on that tournament for a week or two, right? Especially when the, the NHL is not in action or the early group stage games. And a guy who really made a name for himself was Cutter Gauthier. He didn't have his best tournament. You know, I know what you're <laughs> going to say. We talked about it a little bit pre-show. I He did not play his best hockey. But when it came down to it, scores a big, big goal against... Was that, he that has was against his moment, Finland, right? Yes, right. he has his moment. That's enormous goal against Finland. Sure, because because the problem with these tournaments is, and this is where it goes, Cutter Gauthier had two goals, 10 assists, 12 points throughout the course of the tournament itself, sure. right? The problem is, is that so many of these teams, these, these countries that go and play in these tournaments are so far below the level of right. a Team USA or a Team Canada that is a more than an all-star team it's like it's it's ridiculous the level of talent it's half and, the first round of the nhl draft and, is in these things and of course there are other good teams sweden typically has a pretty good team sweden, finland, finland plays teams tough and Czech, czechia, czechia has had some really good teams good. in the past there have been programs have had their years but typically on a year-to-year -year basis yes canada and the u.s well, are a step above the competition well, let's break it down simply because you just mentioned three other teams that are in it right I would say that five of the teams that are there are really good, and five of them are a step below. Sure, easily, and and it leads to games like I like I'm I don't have it in front of me, but did, did didn't they beat Latvia like ten to nothing yeah, or something? Yeah, like it was like a ten to two, yeah, right? Like ones. games like and that happen in the in, the in the groups, yeah. right? And that can allow for even a you know for a player like Gautier and others stat padding, some like, inflated stat lines, right? You sure. really bolster the numbers. So it's more about how you play. And certainly there were like, like look, Gautier was playing on the top line. 
centering the top line, no less. So Gauthier centering the top line for Team USA and having to play down the stretch in games against, you know, gold medal game with Sweden, Finland. They played, you know, they played a tough game against Czechia earlier in, you know, earlier in the tournament during the group play. And because of that, when you're playing tougher teams, they're going to put their best out against your, your best. So he's getting probably the toughest matchups and it's going to require more of defending and more doing. So if anything else, he looked, he looked decent on faceoffs and he had more success in terms of the positioning of a centerman than, than anything else. The goal scoring was not there. He set up a lot of, you know, yes. Did he, also lead in assists in this thing. Sure. 10 assists was pretty astronomical there. It's pretty well. good. Yeah. But in, I think seven games, six games, seven, I believe is what it was. Okay. So, cause it's five in the, it's yeah, it's five over group, no four over group play. It's gotta be four over group, but then it's three. Cause it's quarter semis metal. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's seven. Um, and he like, so he played okay from the offensive standpoint because certainly there were games where it was easier to score than sure. others but and, and like like when it came down to it did he, he didn't even have the best gold medal game like no. didn't have any points when it was all said and done you know because one point would have given him the tournament he, he went into that day with the tournament lead and there was a player on Czechia who ended up tying at that point and then he fin- he finished with no points in the gold medal game so right but it does it you know he had a leadership position on this team. He was an alternate. Like, that's I, I don't, a big deal. I don't know if you saw the bar down video uh, in the, the oh, yeah, tunnel where he immediately walked through the tunnel and said, get this on bar down. I cleaned that up. Uh, yeah, you sure did. I was going to say, there were many more words in there. Um, the vibe, <laughs> and I, I know it's the case for pretty much any gold medal team, but the vibe seemed really, really high on this team. So USA. I told you before we started recording that I was going to say something that was less yeah. about the Flyers, more about the tournament side of things or whatever. Sure. Cause I know there's a lot of anticipation for Gautier. Like the idea, and we've talked about this before with the idea is that obviously he's at BC right now. And Oh, by the way, I want to mention also, cause we talked about, he led, he only tied for the team for the lead tournament lead in points, you know, at world juniors. That's a big yep. deal, right? He is also third tied for third among all NCAA division one college hockey players in goals. Yep. That's pretty massive in and of itself. You know, right? So like he's having a he's having a great year. And there's right. there's 13, gonna be thirteen goals in seventeen games. And there's gonna and, and 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 I'm sure when you play at world juniors and then get to come back, there's gonna be a boost because of now you're playing confidence. college. Well, because well, confidence, and, you're playing college level again, and it's and not like and you didn't just play at world juniors, you won gold at world juniors. Sure. So, but there's been a lot of talk about when this could happen because obviously he's he can't he's not going to sign until BC's season. Of course, over. right? And they are expecting how, to make a run. Frankly, that's sure. why I was going to say something. That this is how certain I am of saying this. The only way Cutter Gauthier plays for the Flyers this year is if they make the playoffs. When they make the playoffs, I wish I had your optimism for that, but I'm so skeptical. But but do, so, but, but, so but, do, guy. but do you understand where my where my like definitive statement comes from? There's if that a, if that team does not win the Frozen Four this year, I, when half crazy. of Team USA was on that roster, it was it was the BC roster, right? Uh, like it was only like during the gold medal game, it was only you know here's Gabe Perot, here's Ryan Leonard, here's Will Smith. <laughs> they have you know for God's sake and. It wasn't even the goalie who was in net for the two for the semifinals or the gold medal game, but Fowler was great in goal during parts of the tournament. 
And then they had they had on the defensive side, they had players. And then Gauthier is like the headliner of that group. So they had four forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie that were all on that USA roster. And they're all coming back to the best college team in the nation right now. It's gonna be wild. And good that's not to say luck. and that's not to say that there weren't other really good college players right. from other programs that were on that roster. Some drafted, some not, by the way. Like doesn't matter. It's going to be, you team know, USA is putting a wagon together. It that, was, program that team was crazy. loaded. That team was loaded and Boston college is loaded. And I don't see any way that if the flyers are not in the playoffs, that he is playing for them this year, because I think he went, they win the whole thing. That's fair. But there, I'm just, listen, I'm just saying there's a defenseman in Colorado who made his debut and under very similar circumstances. Oh, I'm not saying that. Like, I, I think they would be crazy if they didn't try to add him right. knowing they were in the playoffs. Well, it's, and uh, speaking of making deep runs and wagons. Yes. How about the CHL? How about specifically the OHL? Oh, sure. Are the London Knights a good team? I'm sure they are because they've got two really great flyers prospects on their they roster. Do. They do. Would that be Denver Barkey and Oliver Bonk? I think it sure would. would. All right. I, I got to bring up the, I got to bring up Oliver Bonk first because I had said this on the air earlier in the week because Bonk and Team Canada got knocked out of World Juniors in like the most unfortunate circumstances possible. You're yeah. deadlocked in a tight game. They were playing Czechia, I believe, right? That's uh, who I they lost so, to. Yeah. So they're playing Czechia. It's a tie game. You're it's looking like overtime, right? And then 10 seconds left, 11 seconds left. Here comes a relatively innocent looking shot. You can see Bonk trying to call out something too. He's pointing a little bit before it happens. And then the thing yeah. hits off his stick and goes deflects past his own goalie. And he looked yeah. like he was ready to bury himself under the ice surface. Of course. And after you, I mean, essentially as a Canadian, after you <laughs> blow world juniors like that, man, I remember a couple of years ago, they lost and one player, I can't remember who it was screwed up in the shootout or something like that. And the, the hate he received on social media was horrendous the, and, and i and imagine that no, the, uh, got, that, that oliver bunk's social media has been pretty atrocious for the last couple of weeks yeah that's unfortunate and like that's you, you yeah. never want to see it but no no and hey by the way I, don't be a weirdo and message children online and tell them that they screwed up like relax the guy's like 19 years old like take a deep breath okay just go touch some grass anyway well either uh, way i had <laughs> I had res my response to the whole thing was, is we'll see, we're going to like, it's going to test his mental fortitude because absolutely it's because that's a, it's a huge tournament in Canada. Anything international is huge for Canada when it comes to hockey. And when you kind of become the goat in that situation and not the, not the greatest of all time, kind of <laughs> right. the, 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 the literal goat, you know, the, it can, especially when you're like, you just said, you're talking 18, 19 year old kids. It yep. can be, it can destroy you a little bit and his response. And I, and I suspect he's a, he's a mentally tough kid. Yeah. You, you can, well, especially when you consider you kind of have as a, before you're even really a prospect for anybody, you kind of have as a, as a kid, like a true child at that point on the fly training of what an NHL room is like and all that stuff. When your father is a player, like right. I'm sure being around his father, like you go through some things and you go through adversity and it happens and you got to bounce back from it. I'm sure he's a mentally tough kid. It's so we only scored so weird so that it's Radic Bonk's kid. It's still so weird. You mean, yeah. Because you, you mean this playoff series we were watching in 02 and 03 and stuff yep. like that? Yeah. Yep. Um, 
So what did he do in the next game? He scored a goal. Yep. That, that's I think a he bounced fantastic back. I think he, response. Yeah, I think he's bounced back. Um, so that's that's the Oliver Bonk side of things. I do. Well, um, and just uh, a little update. He's got 33 points in 30 I was going to say, I wanted to pull OHL up his level. numbers in general. But by yeah. the way, the third, I, I'm trying to make sure this is correct. I'm going to make sure I sort this out properly. So that's seventh among defensemen. Pretty good. In the OHL this year. He, he's on pace for 14 goals and 66 points, 60, 60 games. That's it's very impressive as, an, as a defenseman in sure. your draft in your draft plus one season. That is an excellent, excellent. By, by the way, and this might be and, and this is an it's an interesting thing about Bonk's game because so he's got seven. We said seven goals this year so far, right? They're all on the power play. Turns and, out London's good. Well, have you noticed, though, because I don't know if you see the clips like I've seen some of the clips. I've seen some of them. Yeah. Do you see where they're running him from in the on the power play? They're running him from the bumper. Yep. And that's an interesting place to put a defenseman, number one. But also, it's worked with regularity. He's kind of become a power play scoring specialist for them. He's also, by the way, it's not like he just scores goals on the power play. He's also got 12 assists on the power play. Pretty good. So, that, so you know. That, consider- power, that power play must be silly. Well, My considering I'm, well, I'm saying, considering the fact that the Flyers' power play is ranked last, if you're watching a kid who's doing something decent on a power play, who maybe down the road could quarterback it, just food for thought. It seems okay. Yeah, it you know, seems cause, cause, pretty good. Well, well, because here's the thing: what do we always talk about with Bonk? He's probably not a number one. He was taken later first round. He's probably not a huh. number one defenseman. But is there top pairing potential, or is there a bigger minutes? potential right. because, of, really a spe- good top because of a special teams thing because that'll matter if you if he's if he's able to produce on a power play you throw him on a power play he gets more Hello. minutes that way yep right so so that's just and that's just the that's just the defenseman part of it yep. do we want to go to the forward yes sir because I think denver barkey denver barkey has been silly okay Silly. It is his draft plus one season. This man was snubbed for Team Canada and decided to just take it out on the OHL. Yes. He he through 36 games, he has 36 assists, not points. That's assists. He also has 20 goals. He is on pace for 37 goals and 103 points. <laughs> That's insane. In 66 games. Now, obviously, that doesn't transfer, you know, one-to-one to the NHL. But that's a guy who is going to play and be a producer at the AHL level right away. But can, can right re- away. Right. Well, can, can I remind everybody that, especially because I was, I was from the very first couple days of camp, he went through training camp this year with the Flyers a little bit before going back to London, obviously, and all that stuff like right. that. Ian LaPerriere constantly said his joke was always Denver Barkey looks like he's 12 years old and he, and he does kind of like he's got a I very mean, young, he's got elite, a very young face and elite prospects has him listed at five, nine, 154 pounds. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I want you to, I'm going to just for the sake of argument, I'm going to pull up just to get whatever measurements they want to give to somebody like this. But I want to see, cause I made this comparison the other day and I want to see how true it really is. So I'm pull, I'll pull up Elite Prospects too to see what they have written down, and I want to see how close this is. Okay. So what did you say Barky's listed at? On Elite Prospects, they have him at 5'9", 154 pounds. All right, so he can gain a little bit of weight. I'm going to mention somebody yeah. else. Same, same height, 174 pounds. Who am I talking about? That would make yeah. him, like, as a comparison for, 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 for Flyer's sake. Cam Atkinson. No. 
Travis Connect. Not current. Okay, go for it. Hit me. How about Danny Briere? Okay. Fair like, enough. How about a Danny Briere type player? They're, they're the same height, according to elite prospects. They were the right. same height. You got to assume that the key for Barky over the next several years is get stronger because at 154, you're going to get pushed around in the NHL. A little bit. Yeah. So get stronger. But just listen to some of these different numbers that we can go through. Cause by the way, I got the, I got the one number that we were really looking for all along when we started this conversation before we hit the record, where we recorded. Right. Yeah. Cause I know there was one number you wanted to know about. Cause I brought it up. So we already said, so by the way, 20 goals in, in the league this year, which is kind of, there's a, there's a few guys who are in front of him, but not by much. Like he could easily be in the top 10 with another goal or two. The 36 assists is third in the OHL. The 56 points is tied for fifth. This is among all players in the OHL. Right. And he's he's up at that number. But Pretty good. He, but he does lead the OHL in another category. Okay. And he's kind of playing a game right now with, and I, I'm crossing leagues to do this, but he's playing a game with Travis Konechny right now where it's anything you can do, I can do better because Konechny keeps scoring shorthanded goals left and right. And it seems like every time in the last handful of days that Konechny scored shorthanded, I find a clip later that Barky scored shorthanded. Denver Barky has six shorthanded goals this season. Is that going to contribute is, to the Flyers' current penalty kill? I think it's going to provide might a player be good. capable. Yep. I mean, by the way, it's not only that it's like, because there's guys ranked right below him. He's got six goals. There's a couple players in the OHL with four. Then there's a handful with three, right? Like, okay. There's guys who can score shorthanded. That's not, sure. that shouldn't be a surprise, right? Sure. He's also got two assists shorthanded. So I think he's got the most points. That's like wild. Like the only other two guys who have more than three shorthanded goals in the OHL this year, there's two with four. They got, they have no assists with it. They're just scoring the goals. So I, at this point, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the PWHL. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. In, in, case, in case you haven't been paying attention, the Professional Women's Hockey League uh, began play on New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Yep. Uh, they have played, been playing for about a week now. The games are great. The broadcasts are great. They are all on YouTube for free, live as they happen and on demand. Uh, it is an a excellent... handful of them picked a handful of those streams picked up something like 17 to 20,000 views in like in immediacy, by the way, like that, not like coming back on it. It's really good. That is awesome. And the numbers have been really good for live attendance. Uh, one of the things that they have done, which is being looked at, it is a little bit of a, a test case for maybe the NHL. to. Take oh, now I know where you're night. going with this. I didn't know why uh, you were like what you were so trying to bring up with the this. PWHL has a rule. This and is they, a great. I think this is yeah, a great and, rule, by and, the way. They've experimented with a couple of different rules, but the ones, one of the ones that they stuck with is essentially the power kill. If you score shorthanded, like the Flyers have done a thousand times this year, uh, like Denver Barkey has done six times this year, the power play ends. You have successfully killed the penalty. I love it. Can you imagine if I that love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Can you imagine if it would have been the case with the goal in Vancouver that we talked about? It's it's right off the face off to start it. So Paling goes down 10 seconds later, it's over. And and we just wipe out the rest of that power play at that point. That's it's that's an interesting rule. I wanted to come to the NHL so bad. And obviously I'm watching as, as much PWHL as I can, and it's been great, but I can't wait to watch a shorthanded goal swing a playoff series. I'm trying you to remember. It, you know it well. Oh, that's yeah. That's oh, the sure. drama is going to be so good. So yeah, I mean, 
there, there was there was a lot of hype around the start of that league, obviously, and things like that. So I'm I, what I'm hoping for with the growth of it is like right now it's there's a lot of things that are being done to the most basic level, kind of yeah. like the like the uniforms. Well, sure, and it's and uh, I understand that to a degree, but it's like you part of the reason give, give, part of the reason is that the league owns all six teams. Uh, sure. And the idea is that they're going to build them up. And I think what they're doing is they're keeping it pretty generic kind of on purpose. So then they right. can sell it and allow people to create cultures within the city. Sure, But you can imagine like, like, like most of it was pretty cool in terms of like, okay, like color schemes were unique and, and, and some of them oh, matched right. up and some of them matched up as appropriately to like the NHL correspondence, like the cities, like, right. well, like Toronto's blue. That makes right. sense. You know, like I get it, but totally. But like eventually you want to see more than just like the diagonal city name on the front. And because I don't even think the teams have names, right? It's just the cities. Uh, they do have names. They're just not great names. I, don't, I, I think they typically I've never, refer to the cities. Well, because I was going to say, I've never seen it listed as, oh, do you know who's playing today? The blanks versus the blanks. It's usually just, hey, Toronto and New York are playing in PWHL action or it's Boston, Minnesota or something like that. Oh, no, you're right. It, I'm sorry. They are not named. They are just PWHL right. city name. Okay, but and and hopefully that changes too because I think it would be cool for more, even again for branding identities and all that stuff like that and it Absolutely. would just lead to more, you know, more for all the, and obviously like when you look at some of the players like obviously there's to ice a team to ice six teams in in this league, you're going to you're going to have other players that people don't recognize from, you know, like from the Olympic ranks and things like that. But there are a lot of players who people should recognize from past Olympics and things like that for you, you know, U S players, Canadian players, these, you know, these female players who are incredibly talented because they, you know, we've seen, we've heard their names before. We've heard their names and we've seen them do things, whether around NHL players or not for that matter. Cause some of right. them do, some of them haven't. It, it, is, it is like, like I know that just from the U S side of things, like Hillary Knight's on one of the, I think Hillary Knight's on Boston's team. And, yeah. um, Kendall Coin Schofield is on uh, Minnesota, I think, is the captain of Minnesota. Actually, I think I so. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. so you put recognizable names there, and Montreal. I think Montreal has a team, and of course, who's yeah. captaining the Montreal team? But Marie Philippe Yeah. Because like, come on, come on, like, who else would it be? It can't be anybody else to be the first captain of that team. Like, you better, you better <laughs> do that with the, with you know, in that situation. So, I just, you know curious to see how it goes it's again it's one of these things that for me because like i know you're consuming it a lot more than i have it's hard like it's I'm hard trying to yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not like it's not a hard watch in terms of wanting to watch it's a hard watch in terms of crossing times Just with time, like totally. well, with with working other things too like i got like i like like i say that about the uh what's it called i say that about the minors all the time too like totally. it's hard to watch the minor league team when like well, hey i should watch the flyers minor league team but i can't because one thing I, sometimes at the same one, time one thing I will say, not just for you, but kind of for everybody in general, is that games are on the YouTube channel for free. Mm -hmm. They stay up. The VOD stays up. Um, I personally, even if I'm not actively sitting down and laser focused watching every game, I am putting it on as background. I am trying to consume as much of it as I can sure. to support it because I really do think it is excellent for the world of hockey in general. Um, but yeah, I, I can tell you, I can tell you one supporter that they've got for sure. Cause I saw it on social this week. Eric Lindros is a fan because, uh, his daughter plays so, well, his daughter plays. So, well, well and, you know, and his daughter's walking, he's got pictures. He took a picture of his daughter who's wearing a, just wearing a big logo across the sweatshirt PWHL. And it's like, and you know, oh, here's the, here's the, and he even said, here's the next one. So, well, right. And a little bit of another cross sport reference. Cause I feel like we've done a couple of those. 
if this league ends up giving us a star like a Caitlin Clark, right? Yeah, I, don't know I hear you. Yeah, following sure. any women's basketball at the moment? No, no, no. Oh, it, Clark I, and, I, man, I don't, I, you... I don't even care. I want to be Caitlin Clark when I grow up. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even care. Um, if if this league result in a single star like that then it's great for the world of hockey and it's just gonna be excellent i'm hoping that we get to a world where we can um get some uh financial support from the nhl because i think that will be huge similar to the way that the nba helps support the wnba i i think you also want to hope that it gets to a point where expansion becomes a possibility as well and there's already more. interest in oh it. i know there's already interest yeah. because let's put it this way you you kind of you really cornered the main areas where hockey's present like t- it's toronto montreal it's new york and boston it's within you know, five to, Minnesota. within five to ten years i could see them doing a second six I, I you would hope and not only beyond that but it's like i've already seen people like make the suggestion that why not have one in philly i, I and i think that's actually if there's a second six, I would absolutely expect Philadelphia to be one of the hefty markets in favor of it. Yeah, sure. And uh, you you hope that that would be the case, that it could get to something like that, where it expands to different places like that and, and goes absolutely. beyond. Like they, they really right now have cornered that northeast portion of the country and into Canada and things like that. And that makes sense. I get it. But yeah. you're going to get to a point where it's like, OK, you know, it, bring it to some of these other cities and really expand this thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know that it'll ever be as big as the NHL is 32 cities. Of course. But if you can get it to 16, do half of that. And especially with the support of sharing like arena spaces and things like that. Absolutely. Like, like somewhere down the line, I think a couple of the major, like, I think in Minnesota, they're using one of the major arenas to do some of those games. They're, they're typically tarping off the upper rung, but the, yes, they but, are using, but, I think but using, using a major Excel arena is use, but no. using a major arena is a step in the right direction. Even if it's and, not going to hold as many fans, like, if, and they have already, that. well, they have already set the world record for women's uh, or hockey at a professional women's game. Uh, it was just over 13,000. That's pretty good. Incredible. Especially for a league that's just starting. Sure. Well, and demand was so high that they had to open additional sections for for ticketing. Yeah. Absolutely love to see it. Okay. Circling all the way back to the flyers here. I I don't really have a transition for this, but no, that was, um, I I appreciate you getting that mentioned. Absolutely. Uh, One more prospect to talk about real quick. I know we briefly touched Matt Faye Mitchkoff. Um, Of course. He's the big one. He's the one we're all waiting for. Um, as it sits right now, he has 29 points in 34 games. Again, we've talked about the fact that the KHL is a men's league, very difficult to score. The fact that he is as close to point per game as he is, is remarkable. He's on pace for 20 goals on the season. I got to add one more. I got to add one more thing for you there, though. Yeah. He's got the points that he's got, and he's playing on one of the worst KHL teams. Yes. Which means that like, I've seen countless times from people who are really following those games closely if his teammates could finish, he'd have like this many more assists. Okay. Like he's doing things that people only wish that like, we're going like, if right. like, like honestly, the, you know what it really translates back to, to be honest, he's playing in Sochi, right? Like, or he's playing yeah. for Sochi, right? All right. The idea was, is that he got loaned there from Cheska, you know, the, the hockey, yeah, St. Right? Petersburg. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, Maybe they'll realize he was actually their best player too, and actually utilize him. Man, if they bring him back and he starts playing for St. Petersburg, well, and we all know about the the benchings and the 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 pressure of the Russian and leaving, and we're not going to go into all the Russian politics. No, 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 no. We but don't have if to. if he can get to St. Petersburg and get ice time, he's going to be a very very productive player. 
And the bottom line is, like we said before, it's it's patience with him. You got to wait for this. Like, you're not going to need much patience for his abilities. Like, he is right. a talented player, and you can see it on a regular basis. Yep. It's just, it's going to be patience. It's a patience know. thing, yep. Because well, it's the opposite end of the spectrum. We started this thing talking about Cutter Gauthier, and it's like, hey, that could he be. He might be here in this year. season. Yep. Right. It could be. And then like, and, and I have doubts that it's going to be this year because of how, like, again, I can't say with certainty the Flyers are making the playoffs. And I definitely feel like his college team is going to be in the frozen four at the very least in it, if not win the thing. Right. Like that's how good that Boston college team is. Sure. And, and it was a big time celebration. If you were watching those world junior games, big time celebration of, Hey, here's all these Boston college kids. Oh, wait, guess what? That's a beat. That's a BU connection there. And then, Oh, by the way, look, university of Denver's got these guys here. And so like, like the top group is the top group. Michigan had players there. Like you got some talented, talented players across the board. It was just such so much talent in that, in on that team that that they were, look, they were favored to win and they did because they were that good. And it was yep. as simple as that. I mean, even the goal, I want the bronze medal game was on first and I watched that and I go, look at all that goal scoring. I hope you can't wait for the three, two game is coming when they play Sweden. Cause that's going to be tight. And then it turned into, and it was that for a little while. And then it turned into, Hey, got, look, six, and, two. And then it got nasty. Did anyway. you, by the way, did you see the social media clip? The flyers put out after the Calgary game? Cause cam, you are clearly watching the national or the uh, gold medal game. I did. I saw the little Cam York was blowing kisses across the across to the Calgary bench. And that was the same move that uh, who who was that when it pulled off? Ryan Leonard did that, right? Well, something I know I mentioned earlier. You can expect <laughs> Travis Connecting to be doing it to, uh, Monday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins, too. Like this, this team is vibing. This team is feeling themselves. That was, to be honest, by the way, that was first of all, Cam York is is super quiet. So he's not the kind of guy to push the envelope usually. Or I do love something that like from that. him. So that's already a telling sign as it is. Oh. And oh, by the way, because, well, because I, I thought I didn't really think about this until just now. York kind of took an elbow to the head or close to and put himself in a bad position. So I understand why the penalty was what it was, but right. obviously wasn't happy about it. He threw, he threw his helmet down the hallway as he went off, by the way, he was pissed. And so you come back and you're doing that. All right, so the intensity has heated up, and they don't, of course they don't play each other for the rest of the year. Of the course. Flyers in Calgary—that's that, always the way it works, right? Yeah. Um, but maybe you know things are heating up, and that's always a good thing as we get to the moving forward part of right. It. Yeah, and and the good news is we've talked a lot about kind of the Flyers' schedule and playing against good teams, playing against bad teams, and and this week you do get a chance, right? You get to prove yourself. You get a Pittsburgh game on Monday, big division game. You would really like two points. You would really, really like to get two in regulation. And then after that, you got two theoretically softer games. You got Montreal, who's towards the bottom of the league standings. And you got Minnesota, who's kind of vaguely clinging on to playoff hopes. But they're starting to it's starting to slip away from them a little bit. Sure. So the interesting thing, too, is that like this was and we didn't do a show in between the two, like during the break or whatever, or like right up against the break. But. They were about to play teams once they got through Vancouver. They were going to play a bunch of teams that were below 20th. It was Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton. Um, You know, they played those teams like that. Columbus was in that group. Then they yeah. played Calgary again. And now you're doing the same thing because you're lining it up. And Pittsburgh's a little bit ahead of that group, obviously. Sure, sure. But then Montreal's on it. Minnesota, you know, like 
it's it, they had a two week stretch where they were going to play basically a bunch of teams below them and in the bottom 10, no less. And that's kind of changed a little bit because Seattle got hot a little bit and Edmonton's gotten hot and they're back in the playoff conversation. Yep. But Calgary is still right where we where, where they were when that started. And, if, and they split with them. It's fair. Yep. The Columbus game, I already argued about why I thought they lost the game and that, you know, and all that stuff like that. And. Montreal is going to be a game that's within that grouping now. And Minnesota's down there. Like you said, the Minnesota one interests me because I'm jumping a little bit further ahead than even this week, but there's been two pieces of news that kind of become relevant because they happen around the same time. And you're going to play one of those games this week and one of those games next week, which is Minnesota put out, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday, Kirill Kaprizov and Philip Gustafson week to week. Yep. Whoa. That's and significant. Is, now they're not playing against the Flyers. It means is, they're not is, playing. Is Ryan Hartman? No, he didn't I, get suspended for that, right? I don't think so. No. Okay. But okay. Um, he should have. Or wait, whatever, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I, maybe he did. I, I have. I'm did sure he I get the, six? I have to go back to remember. I'm trying to remember what I would. So if you missed it, um, <laughs> Ryan Hartman, Flyers legend, uh, got himself involved. He got. No, never mind. Uh, I know know what you're talking about, because this is the thing with Hot Mike, right? Uh, Yeah, no, I don't think he got anything for it. So he, on a face-off, absolutely mauled. Uh, Who was it? Was it? um, Forget who it was. was, Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti, right. Absolutely mauls Cole Perfetti with a stick straight to the mush on a face-off. Later in the game or right before that at some point in time at some point in the sequence he was caught on a hot mic essentially saying well you know sorry i'm gonna have to do this to you i'm gonna you know sorry for what's coming i am you know (laughs) my bad my bad it's it's the code type of thing and there had been an incident a minnesota wild player had gotten hurt ryan hartman decided that he needed to take revenge into his own hands Anyway, he, he ended up not getting suspended for it. He got fined for it, is what happened. Yes, that was. And, um, and the reason I'm confused is because it's about the same day, if not like a couple of days later, Jason Zucker got three games. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I like I got confused for a second because I'm like, you know what? You're right. I saw a multi-game suspension come across the line. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't. It just Hartman, wasn't him. No. Yes. Um, okay, so we're all right. good. There. So he will play against the Flyers, uh, uh, theoretically. Um, so, right. right but you gotta, but you nonetheless, gotta... you're taking their best player out of the picture with that injury. Yep. Absolutely. And their and their number one goalie. Now, don't get me wrong. The number one goalie being out just means you're probably getting Mark Andre Fleury, and that's no slouch. Obviously. Oh no, right. But Kaprizov's a big deal, especially for special teams, especially for his abilities and things like that. So that's a big deal in and of itself. And then basically two days after the fa- after that, I see that Dallas puts out Miro Heiskanen's week to week, and the yep. Flyers have them on the schedule for by. Oh, by the way, I, I should also mention. Like with both of those situations, with Minnesota and Dallas, for the last time this year. So you, yep. the last time you play those teams, when your schedule could they're be, gonna be into the grind of it, you're missing top. Play, they're missing top players, and right now you're not really missing top players. By the way, by the time that Minnesota game rolls around, they might have, um, they might have Kate's back. Maybe, yeah. Well, Kate, and then let's not let's not forget that Kate's played college in in well, that state. See, but I would also like to almost see Noah Kate get a little rehab uh, stint let him play a couple games with the phantoms and just kind of get back up to speed. 
Um, it, that doesn't happen as frequently as it used to, though. So I think now it's kind of you just go back in, you practice a lot. And and you know what? In fairness, maybe it doesn't happen a lot with this team because they Tortorella, don't have practices. Well, they no, they don't. But Tortorella's big thing is you practice how you play. So if he's right. out skating, you're skating with some form of intensity and maybe just That's a couple fair. of days of taking some contact and you're good. And then who knows? Your fourth game this week. Well, and there's also travel involved, so it, that might affect him as well. But uh, the fourth game this week is against that aforementioned best team in the league at this current moment, the Winnipeg Jets. That's a tough game. You know, on the road, it's your third game in four nights while also being your second of another set of three and four. They play a lot of games. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're playing four and six. That is the third of the four. It, there's a lot of games. It's a right. lot of hockey. Um, it's a tough one. You know, you got to go in and beat, well, right. hang, I mean, hang with Winnipeg in Winnipeg we, Saturday night. We not, we, and the thing is, we narrow this down because we're talking about the week ahead and then we're, we'll do another show and I get that. Yeah. yeah we yeah, narrow yeah. it down to like this chunk of four because that's what's on the schedule for the week. But it's like this, uh, to me, this month in general is the, is the month we find out who they are. Absolutely. You know? and, I, and we because, said that every month. We have, they keep, like they keep staying in it, so we have to keep saying it. Well, it, here's here's the reason, okay. Also, here's the reason because right now, as it stands, they're technically with everything the way that it played out, they're back up to third in the division, so they're in that third spot. They have a, they're technically in by points total tied with the Islanders, and New Jersey's two points behind, Washington's two points behind, Tampa's three points behind. So you've got roughly between you know like it's a two to three point gap. You know, it's right now it's two. It, right now it's technically two because one of those two teams could easily get there. But you get my point. You're right. They're going to be in a playoff spot through probably through the well. The game against Pittsburgh's huge because it's divisional. Enormous. Yeah. Like the difference between let's let's what you win in regulation, you jump to five or six points above Pittsburgh. Win in overtime, it's five. And you like know, you said, it's your last divisional game this month. It's their last divisional game. If I'm gonna check, but I'm pretty sure this is the truth. Next one, I, next one is the stadium, stadium series. series. Yep, New Jersey. It, on that's February how far 17th. off you play. And even then, go look at the February schedule. They play the Devils in that stadium series game. They have a weekend with the Rangers and Penguins, and that's it. Yep. So in total, like until you get to March, we're gonna be pushing the trade deadline when you get to the bulk of we play the division again. Well, and the good news is the division is where all the good teams are. So the fact that you don't have to play them for two months. Well, is it, it, it is. But at the same time, like at some point in time, you th you would think you would somebody's think. going to ha hit a nut like like somebody else is going to hit a slide. Like if the Flyers hit their slide right now. Yep. OK, you had that stretch. It's two wins in eight games. They had lost five or six. That's rough. OK, so maybe they've hit their slide and they're going to come out of it on the other side and you beat, you know, go go out and try to win against Pittsburgh, Montreal, maybe Minnesota as well, because you, you but let's not forget they beat Minnesota earlier in the year as well. So that that matters. Um, maybe Winnipeg's a scheduled loss and you take that for what it is, yeah. but, but turn this into a two, three, four game winning streak of sorts during the course of the week. And you're back into a position where you have a little bit of comfort. You can take the loss to Winnipeg and not feel like it's detrimental. They're in a situation right now where when they came home from that road trip, you play Columbus kind of felt like a game. If you want to keep the playoff narrative alive, you probably want to win this game. And then they lost it in a, in a shootout. So they're playing Calgary. You kind of want to win this game because that if you was don't, almost it's a must get, win. Right. That was a must and I, win. For and I, and I even brought this up on certain things. I didn't, cause I, like I even said, I hate using that term, especially in January, right. but it's like, and 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 I and I really hate using that term 
on a team that didn't have any expectations coming in. Fair. Like, like you don't need to go there with that. If it ends somewhere down the line, it ends somewhere down the line. But let's be real about everything we've talked about from the beginning. Because I know you're right. We say every month, oh, it, we're going to find out who they are now, right? It, it has been a trend. The key is, is that we've crossed, we've crossed Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Now you're going to cross during this week, the halfway, the halfway point, point of the season. You get to the end of the month, you're 50 games in, and it's the All-Star break. At some point in time, and I believe for me, I, I even said this on the air during the course of the week, if they cross the 50-game mark and get to the All-Star break at that point in time, at least what I will tell you is I'm not going to sit there and say, yes, they're a playoff team. But what I will tell you is at that point, I believe they'll be in the conversation for the entire year. That's because that's by real... that point, 50, by that point, 50 games, you're going to have 32 left and you're into the grind of the fine. You're into the stretch run. To so you extent. don't, you don't have any vacations booked in April do you? thinking that they weren't going to be a playoff team. <laughs> I, I, we went, you know what? I, 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 this is a story I meant to tell my wife earlier and I never got like completely around to it. We do have a vacation planned with my family. Not, it is as safe as it gets because it is the literal week that the Stanley cup is probably handed out. It's safe until it's not, man. It's safe I, until I it's still not. think it's going to be safe because of whatever. But at the same time, do I have? If you're asking me, do I have room? If they in, if they win two rounds, how nervous are you? Oh, incredibly, because I, <laughs> you know, then then we're getting into territory that I really didn't bank on. All but right. if you're but if you're asking me if the remainder, like the last regular season game, is April sixteenth, if you're asking me if I have anything immediately in April or in May, the answer is no. Okay, keep your schedule clear. Wouldn't it be something? If because you're bringing this up, obviously, because, OK, let's just say strange, super stranger things have happened. Maybe. I don't know. Wouldn't it be something, though, if they not only like because the, the playoffs wouldn't start effective immediately. You're talking April 16th and then there's going to be a little bit of a pause and then playoffs like, may start on 420, which we love here. I was thinking, well, it could be that could be for some series. I mean, I was thinking the whole thing probably starts the Friday. They give you two days and then probably. We're in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wouldn't it be something if on or around when the season ends it was like early may and you're pushing the one year anniversary of the new era press conference and it's like how far they would have come in one year yep. to do that you know that's all i'm saying like like you're asking me about anything in, in april or may in terms of vacations like no but at the same time like i'm sitting here thinking about the press conference of the new era thing was on the day of my sister's wedding last year okay and it was like i remember sitting there we were prepping for that stuff i had it on just to kind of get tabs on i was of gonna course. go back and the day You're after it was like, well and the day after it was i'll go back to work then like i can't do anything now obviously but i will write a bunch of stuff on it later and go back to it and things like that totally and it felt like it felt old school remember we talked about that like it felt like oh yeah this used to be like the snyder like and by the way the ed snyder day thing legacy game it was great yeah which by the way you can tell i, I wasn't again i wasn't there i kind of unfortunately like I, I wish i was but i had a family party to go to so i was more than happy to do the family party over that and have good conversation with my family and all stuff like that um you can tell based on everything i saw that that day in addition to like obviously the organization as a whole but that had dan hilferty's fingerprints all over all it. over it yep and that is going to show you the difference between what they were and what they are and absolutely and they are primed to finish 10th in the conference and pick 14th <laughs> maybe that's the way it goes just like the good old days uh sorry the cynical part of me jumped out for just half a second never mind you the were so optimistic the, the whole show they're winning the cup they're winning the cup they're winning you, the cup you spent the whole show trying to get me to cross over to that side and then you dropped the cynical listen, nature listen philadelphia fan it's bred in me 
I'm still watching Joe Juravicious run down the vet sideline in 04. Yeah, and your heart just broke here in the name, didn't it? Exactly. Thank you. You're welcome. How how timely of you to bring up a matchup uh, between two teams that I think are facing off in the playoffs in the NFL next week. That'll be fun. All right. Also next week, our next show. That's right. No more three-week breaks. We're back. Uh, As far as I know, Every week for quite a while here, Kevin and I haven't really broken down anything further than stretch that. run so, time, baby. Let's absolutely. Go. It is time to go. The Flyers have about 45 games left. We'll be here to cover pretty much all of them and all the playoff games too. <laughs> all right. And uh, I think that'll do it for today. Uh, follow us on the social medias. Like I said, at the top of the show here, we're at YW podcast pretty much everywhere we can be. Uh, go to the YouTube channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit like. It really helps us out. Share it with your friends. Um, all right. I think that's it, man. We'll be back. We got four games this week. Pittsburgh tomorrow. All right. We'll see ya.